Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We are on air. What is up, Calgary? This is the Just a Game podcast uh, with Rob Kerr for the third time in about a week and a half. I am not Rob Kerr. I am Danny Austin. Um, I am normally a sports writer for Post Media covering the Flames and Stampeders. Um, but yeah, really happy to be here again. Um, it's a Friday. It's a beautiful Friday here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I know my co-host, who I'm going to introduce in just a second, um, was also at McMahon Stadium with me this morning watching Stampeders practice. We've had a sort of crazy week here with Calgary yeah. Sports, um, <laughs> but allow me to introduce the the my esteemed colleague, my my, my close friend. Um, had a couple beers with you watching some hockey on Wednesday night at your place, and I appreciated that very we much. We also watched the sunset on my balcony. <laughs> yeah, so yeah it, was, we, it was good. It was a well-rounded. It was cute. You know? It was cute. And it we was. are cute. You are Celine Biology from TSN. Uh, Number one Calgary sports media bro couple, I think. So. Oh, wow. I mean, I think you and Julian have me be. <laughs> um, Julian's got a couple. He's got like Aaron Vickers. There's like Pat Steinberg wiggling in there. Yeah. Cammy's a bro. She's Cammy's always know, a bro. You know, no question. So. Um, yeah. Are we then? I mean, we're, we're in the mix. We, we are. There's a power rankings. You know, the fans can vote. But, yeah. But, um, if you're at St. James Corner, on, on first, uh, it's basically our office. It's basically our office. Um, <laughs> and ship and anchor, too, for being anchor right now, And your balcony. Honestly, yeah, yeah. We had a delightful a... Wednesday evening. We were yeah. both, uh, we're going to have to talk with Matthew Kachuk at some point oh, for uh, sure, in yeah. this first hour that we have you here. Um, mm-hmm. But so, <laughs> just blew our minds that he scored with four seconds left in that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. It's honestly super fun. You were on last Wednesday, which yeah. was a little bit more, let's be honest, a little bit more focused because I think we knew for sure, that. Yeah. We knew that I think everyone knew, I'd say 90% that the announcement was coming on Tuesday. There was sure. still a little bit up in the air whether it would be Conroy. I think a lot of us mm-hmm. suspected it. Yeah. But because of the lengthy interview process, you began to wonder. But we were much more sort of like dialed in, got to be checking our phones, all of that. Yeah, yeah. I'll be absolutely. honest with you. I woke up this morning and like <laughs> this is not because I had to do sort of Conroy stuff throughout the week, um, mm-hmm. follow-up stuff. This morning, I had to go to Stampeders practice. I woke up. It was a little cool. This was the first time it's felt like summer since the end of the season. Like this weekend feels like I can have a couple drinks. I can for go sure, to a yeah, patio. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't have to be waking up at seven just to see if it'll, it'll be fleeting because we know a new coach is going to get announced uh, within within probably three weeks at the absolute max. But yeah. and I imagine there might be a little bit of you know is Aginla going to join or is there a release coming out? But you're right, man. Like I I played golf for the first time yesterday and I, I checked my phone like once in the two and a half hours. Yeah. Like it was awesome. It, it was such a relief. And like these jobs are fun, but you do devote an awful lot of your life 
to them and number of times that we've been at the dome at 11 p.m or like we have plans and they're kind of broken by breaking news yeah. like it is there is something you have to give up to to have these types of i always feel like the job is not actually all that hard mm -hmm. but it's you're kind of like on call a lot yeah for um, sure so like that's more the exhausting part and this weekend i mean there's the st peter's red and white game yeah. which i think i'm going i think to. both of like we have both have sisters who are doctors who are on <laughs> yeah, call for a little bit more <laughs> that's the thing it's so embarrassing like my older sister is an emergency room doctor and for me to all complain about my job it's like i watch sports and write down what happened it's yeah. not that it's like it's not that you are on call though so i it's true i am on call but it's it, it's nice and i think that like the conroy thing mm -hmm. um has just brought it's not brought focus like that's the wrong term but i do think we now know he gave us a a, a really uh, insightful for sure um, yeah some, some insights into the direction that the franchise is going what they're looking at this summer yeah so rather than us sitting here and being like well are you gonna trade elias lindholm if you won't resign we basically know that he's gonna try to talk lindholm and for sure that, yeah, yeah. But, so it's you know i think that all of us have a better idea of the direction of the team which just makes mm -hmm. our jobs easier makes this podcast easier yeah, for sure to be honest and now as you said i mean i think it's gonna be a couple weeks before our head coach is announced yeah um but I mean, and, and we'll talk about that, obviously, but there is, I, I think that the Conroy thing, it was, it wasn't just the first ball that had to drop. It was the big mm -hmm. thing that nothing else could happen until that happened. Yeah. So now there's, there's a path for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, maybe hopefully like Craig is such a personable man. Like even when you run into him in the elevator, like, like, I hope that, I hope that he retains that openness. I imagine he'll be a little bit more more judicious with his words in the coming press conferences but um it was it was honestly so insightful if i'm a flame season ticket holder or i'm someone that's invested as a fan i would have been really happy with that press conference because you were given a really clear direction this time last year danny we were all wondering about gaudreau and will he or won't he and and i think the world of brad Trilliving, um i think we have different views on his tenure as a gm but he he is like a really good guy and um but Which the, i also think he's a really good guy yeah, and, yeah, and i don't oh, necessarily sure, think yeah. he was a bad gm i just think it's a mixed bag <laughs> for sure for sure and i'm having to i'm from toronto so i'm sorry <laughs> sorry to interrupt i really apologize i will let you get back to it but like i've had more texts and calls from like my high school buddies yeah, yeah. back home about like, okay, tell me about Brad Tree living yeah, over yeah. the last 48 hours. Mm -hmm. So like, and they're all very much like, wait a minute, this is the guy who traded Kachuk. This is the guy who traded Dougie Hamilton. This is the mm -hmm. guy who let Johnny Gaudreau walk for free. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sort of saying, well, guys, like, there's context that's required for sure, each yeah. of those moves. But like, no, you're right that you mm -hmm. look at it in isolation. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of moves where you sort of wonder but, but i think brad's a great guy and i, think I just he, i don't think he yeah, and yeah we both do i think everyone does he treated media and apparently was a phenomenal boss to flame staffers but i just i didn't see that type of transparency with him and i think you need that with your fan base now especially given the image tarnishing that that kind of took place this past season with you know they didn't play all that well daryl didn't perhaps provide the spokespersonship that you would hope for the face of a franchise so the fact that conroy number one it's it's someone that connects really well with the fans he always did as a player and the fact that he basically he kind of told us his plans he's gonna um have more youth and we'll talk about that in a little bit i'm sure but also like they're not going into this season with seven guys that could 100%. walk like that's that's guaranteed pickle rec just just said in the comments you know treated a good job on some things but his asset management was garbage no mm -hmm. i don't know that i'm gonna go so far saying garbage but mm -hmm. like that was something that that for sure we heard from craig was asset management asset management asset management those guys aren't walking for free no they're not they're, they're not like so like that's it's almost like there's not even a debate anymore it's mm -hmm. just like if chris tanov doesn't want to sign 
have to assume he's getting traded. If Noah Hannafin doesn't mm -hmm. want to sign, I have to assume he's getting traded. And and Conroy talked sort of at length yeah. about what he learned from the Johnny Gaudreau situation. Yeah. And he that... was so confident Gaudreau was going to mm -hmm. resign, but confidence isn't the point. You need the signature on the page. Mm -hmm. And and until you have that, you don't have the player. So, you know, he had to learn from that and, and taking guys' reassurances that, oh, yeah, they want to be here and all of that doesn't do you any good when you lose them for, for nothing. So, yeah, I think that the asset management piece is the main part of Tree Living's legacy that we're going to look back on. For and, sure. And wonder... Even with Kachuk, like, and this is not a knock on Huberto or Uyghur or mm -hmm. Cole Schwent, all of whom I have a lot of time for. But like, look, if they if they don't win a cup in the next three to four years, which I don't know how how much any of us believe is super possible, yeah. then they would have objectively been better off with draft picks and, and young players. For sure, and even even diving into that Kachuk or with Matthew, Kachuk. yeah, yeah, for situation more if. For whatever reason, he wasn't comfortable over here or he had challenges with certain ways the organization functioned that you can tangibly change. Did you do a good enough job of addressing it? Did you miss? And like, that's where it's, Danny's it's, convincing has me like Danny's done a good job of convincing me in that regard. Like, well, it's go into it. It's exactly like, look, there it is possible that Matthew Kachuk just always wanted to play in the States. Yeah. And he was going to, you know, he wasn't going to raise too much of a fuss. He was going to, yeah, yeah. but once he hit for agency and was a UFA, it is possible that there's absolutely nothing sure, that could yeah. have been done. He's an American guy. Yeah. St. Louis isn't the South, but it's, I don't know, mm -hmm. is it the South? I don't know if, what the he was born there. Like, yeah, but family like, family ties. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to be. Back in the States. It is possible that there's nothing you could have done. However, mm -hmm. if there were things you could have done and they weren't done, whose responsibility is that? For sure. I assume that's the GM. I, yeah. I, I, so if you lost Matthew Kachuk and you lost a, what I would argue based on this season, beginning of the season to what's happened literally on Wednesday, yeah. Matthew Kachuk has had the best season of any hockey player in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, that would, um, that would check out. Yeah. You know, if, you were, if you were MVP of... Start of the regular season to now, it's Matthew Kachak. Yeah. So you lost a general generational player in his mid twenties. Mm -hmm. That's that falls on the GM. It does. It does. And 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 the the thing you know, misreading a relationship or misreading someone's intentions or not maybe having those sort of heart to heart conversations. It it, it did seem like like you lost a guy that scored three game winning goals in the, in this Eastern conference final, like someone that can change the complexion of your franchise. Like when I got here, Danny, like back in 2020, like the, the there was sort of scuttlebutt that, that Kachuk's antics for lack of it, like Kachuk's like on, on ice well, persona was starting was to grade season, on guys. Right? Yeah. Like the, the COVID season. So that would have been your first season. Yeah. It was my, I had done the back half of 2019 and then mm -hmm. The next season, which would yeah, have been yeah. COVID, I like would have been the COVID interrupted season, and then the bubble, yeah, yeah. I didn't do so. I came, but the COVID season, fully no fans at the dome, and like the Canadian. the Jack Campbell him falling on, and, yes. and that seemed like a weird inflection point looking back on this on this era, right? Like there were reports that the team had players only meeting after, and Kachuk maybe was told to kind of quiet down a little. And I bit. think that there were like what the rumor was, and now it's hard. Yeah, and it's I think that why it wasn't super discussed in the media or reported on. Because mm -hmm. like we only had zooms, it's not like God. you could talk to any of these players. Yeah, exactly. And ask them what was going on? Or we were so literally like, not allowed to be in the same room as anyone. Really. Exactly. So I don't think we ever really know. But the rumor was that it was Giordano and him, mm -hmm. uh, and Giordano told him to cut it out and to calm yeah. down. And then Kachuk didn't have a great season. So with yeah, I, yeah, it's an important caveat because yeah. with all that I'm saying, mm -hmm. I had no idea that Matthew Kachuk was this good. No, no, I don't I, think a lot of people did. I, and, and like I'll be honest, even coming out of last year, 
mm-hmm. I largely attributed his his jump in points to playing with Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Like if you were asked me who I thought was the one A, it was Gaudreau at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it probably it's probably true. Gaudreau last season probably was the the, the best Flames forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I had no idea Kachuk was going to be this good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is a lot of the stuff that he's doing in the playoffs, we expected from him in the playoffs for the flames and it didn't really happen. So yeah, this, well, even dating back like that playoff series yeah, where they, he hurt he his, got his numbers up here. Sorry. 16 games played nine goals, 12 assists. That's 21 points in 16 games and yeah. plus 10. Um, and the insane. way he's engaged as well, right? Like how he's see, dragging his teammates and he was a little bit quiet in that Dallas series, even, and even, didn't we talk about how like the battle of Alberta, that's Chucky's moment to, to go absolutely ballistic or sort of show his truest self. And if I recall, he was fairly quiet in that series, which ended exactly a year ago today, but is that like, a year ago today? Yeah. Like I think Bob Stoffer tweeted and I was going to tweet like, Holy smokes, the number of changes with this organization. Like, like it's insane. Right. Thinking about the past year or 65 days, how, you know, Jacob Markstrom doesn't look the same and that's to say nothing of the new direction of this franchise. But like, we all kind of thought that that series was going to be Kachuk coming out and showing that that narrative about him not playing all that well in the playoffs is BS. And he didn't necessarily rise to that moment. And you wonder like the number of times he said this season, Paul Maurice, I love coming to the rink enjoyment, enjoyment. And Danny, I know you've got tweets that were very good that about that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, to be honest, it's a lot of what I've already said. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I do think the whole Paul Maurice he loved coming to the rink was I don't yeah. I don't know that in that moment he was thinking about Daryl Sutter, mm-hmm. but him not wanting to stay in Calgary, it's hard not to draw the parallel. Well, well, right? even well, even Craig Conroy a couple of days ago, he a number of times he said this has to be a fun place. And yeah, Julian said when when we had him on Wednesday, he said he was like that's a press conference where it's okay to read between the lines a little bit yeah, because yeah. like there was <laughs> some stuff to read, <laughs> and I, I do think that that Conroy was was clearly saying that. Yeah. Sutter's approach did not work last right. season. Yeah. And you go back and, and that is the question. Did Kachuk just hate playing for Daryl Sutter and didn't want mm-hmm. to play for him anymore and request yeah. a trade because of it? I mean, I don't know. None mm-hmm. of us know. I don't think he's saying it. And I, I by all accounts, Kachuk has a good relationship with the tree. Like that wasn't, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't the issue, but did he cu- hate coming to the rank? And now he loves coming to the rank and looks what's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the people saying oh the flames players are entitled and all that maybe they they need to check themselves a little bit because i think you're seeing what <laughs> sort of um i know i gotta be careful how i say that because it may be a, a colleague of mine who, <laughs> who led the charge on that um not wes to be clear um wes is golfing right now right wes is i believe wes is in oregon i don't know when he's back but okay. for wes gilberton is my colleague at the sun of the herald he's sort of uh my my leader when it comes to flames coverage and is amazing at the job and is also the world's most avid golf fan and is on yeah. a golf trip in Oregon. It looks absolutely beautiful. He, yeah. uh, he continued to work through Wednesday while golfing. Really? Um, wow. So Holy. took a little bit of the burden off me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think that ultimately, like, I think that that could check trade and it doesn't, what, what I said is that I actually don't think it matters what you got back. Like mm-hmm. let's say Huberto bounces back and becomes an, a, a point of game player. I really yeah. like what Mackenzie Weger showed in the back half of the year. For sure. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I watched a lot of, of Calgary Wranglers this playoffs as I know you were at a couple games as yeah. well. I mean, I didn't watch the away games, but I quite like Will Schwinn. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the return. I just don't know that if Kachuk is this generational player, if this is who he is for the next six or seven seasons, yeah, I don't know that there's a return that's good enough for, for, for that type of player. Players yeah. like that, if we're talking about him being a top five forward in the league, guys like that 
don't get dealt in their mid twenties. They don't. And, and I think Bill Zito, the GM called him a unicorn and you give up, you give up stuff for a unicorn, someone that can agitate someone that can drag your team into the fight. Like the number of times this current Calgary flames group looked uninspired and unengaged that Chicago game in particular, that was mm-hmm. sort of their, their one of the final nails in the coffin, but it's not just the points with Matthew, right? It's, it's the whole package. It's the ability to fight. It's, it's the extracurriculars after the whistle. It's, it's the willingness to lay your body on the line and, and throw a big hit that can potentially change the game, the outcome of a game or season. Like I was, I was, I think, in junior high when the Oilers went to the Stanley cup final. And I always remember even like, like, like close to 20 years later, like the Rafi Torres hit, I think on Milan Mihalik in the second or third round that, that tilted the series. And there's so few, and like Torres has next to none of the, the abilities of Matthew Kachuk, but like the ability to change a series or the complexion of a season without scoring a goal, you mm-hmm. know, and Kachuk has that, but then you and, add the goals. Yeah. And that's just, it's, it is, it is something that I wonder you know, the asset management was something Conroy emphasized. And I wonder as tree potentially walks into a situation, potentially in Toronto, where you've got a star that might be on the way out or, or might not want to commit right away. You know, if you ask Brad, like what honestly did you learn from this past season? I'm sure he'd be able to write a book, but the Kachuk situation and dealing a unicorn and just the ability, like letting your star player walk into the final season without pen to paper. And I, I wonder like, again, Brad hasn't really done any, you know, interviews. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, I don't think he's done any media since. No, he, uh, I think he, he like texted me a comment about Conroy and he texted like Pierre Lebrun. Yeah, but he hasn't done him. an yeah. interview about leaving or anything no, like no, that. No. Um, which I actually sort of, I mean, as a media member, I wish he would, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, like, you I understand, actually, right? Oh, 100%. I'm like, I don't know that I'm as confident today as I was 36 hours ago, but like, mm-hmm. just us as people who watch and enjoy hockey like i, yeah, I do yeah. we have no i i know neither of us have inside information because we had a beer and talked about this two nights yeah, ago yeah. um but like I, I think brad it sure looks like that he's ending up with the leaves right it would seem likely right like i know i know who's at frank cervalli throughout mark bergevin um pierre shirelli which would <laughs> definitely be a fascinating one and i forgot the other name that frank threw out there but it, it seems like it right and and for all his tenure he did have a lot of he has like close to a decade in a canadian market he's he's done a decent job i think of of selling calgary to prospective free agents um his two big stars gaudreau and kachuk he didn't get contracts put pen to paper and you now have there in the next little while you have matthews marner nylander all their contracts are expiring like within the next season or two so you need a guy who can negotiate those contracts. That's my worry with tree living is I don't know that his. I think though getting Hurio to commit as early as he and like for Hurio like and and Uyghur as well, Blake Coleman, Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, like those guys had other oh, options. You know, like point. it was, and I know, and I know, um, like I wonder at the time, like clearly they weren't willing to let go of Sutter until what three weeks ago. Like this was the guy that they'd hitched their wagon. Like they're certainly not going to let go of him after they won the Pacific title, even though by a lot of accounts, there were a lot of challenges with, with that group last season as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, you do, it's a good point though. Like you, you misread the Gaudreau situation. You can say all you want about how close you were and the fateful car ride that, that apparently determined his fate. But, um, 
But number one, you have Toronto. You have an ownership that's generally probably more willing to invest than Murray Edwards, right? Safe to say you have a lot more resources. You have the allure of a big city. And oh my goodness, if you bring the cup here, like you're immortalized in a way that's maybe next to Montreal, you're you're never going to get in a Canadian market. Like Tree has the ability to sell a lot more in Toronto than I think he, he necessarily did. In and Conroy specifically, I mean, I wrote about it yesterday, which is a little bit awkward just because of the, mm-hmm. you have an election coming up and, Oh yeah. It has been turned into an election issue, but like, I thought it was notable that Conroy was like, this new arena makes my job easier. Like it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Calgary is a great place for hockey players. I mean, our, our guy pickle Rick, who's the, the one guy commenting comment away guys did say, you know, the arena weather tax bracket and Johnny leaving probably would have had more weight to Kachuk leaving than Sutter. And like, I don't think we fully know, um, but I I hear that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I hear that. And as I, as I said, I mean, it is entirely possible that Matthew Kachuk rightfully, I mean, nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with it wanted to live somewhere close to a beach yeah where like a lot of to people, work like you know? yeah like that's there's believe me 95 percent of the world does not <laughs> like isn't particularly interested in living in a place where it's cold seven months a year i happen to love calgary <laughs> and be very happy here and would sell it to Same just about anybody yeah, yeah. um but you know i there is that that viewpoint and in that case you can't and and that's where it's intriguing danny because like craig conroy played college hockey he he forged a life in canada he Signed with the Los Angeles Kings before he realized, you know what, Calgary's a little bit better. Like, like of all people that can present a vision of Calgary as, hey, you know what, I came here, you know, a little bit of a journeyman before I got here, and and I built a, a pretty fantastic family and life over here. Like, that's a really good face of the franchise. And like, you, you know, we've both talked to him, like the enthusiasm that he would deliver that messaging with. Like, I don't think they're gonna be big players in free agency this summer like they're they're pretty tight against the cap they have to trim some stuff but um to have someone like that who's lived it and and unlike tree who's who never really played and like he didn't really have a hockey career whereas conroy did that can also be a really positive addition to to how you present it's a big part of why i think conroy is is to be honest the perfect choice um and i think he has people around him again as someone who grew up in toronto yeah uh, david nonis did sign david clarkson so like i'm a little <laughs> bit like make sure conroy yeah, yeah. gets to do that part of the job but um yeah i i will say just to sort of to, to wrap on that all the sort of kachuk leaving and i do the reason we're talking about kachuk you know 10 months after the deal is because of what he's doing and it's just hard not to look at him in the playoffs For sure, yeah, right yeah. and think what if um and that's you know again we were gonna try i'll just tell people i had this whole idea where we were gonna try to say like if bradley tree living had not made a trade in the last five years where would the flames <laughs> be at um and then like we I, I started actually trying to like build out the idea and yeah, it yeah. Made literally like it was impossible to do um mm-hmm. yeah. because either you have too many players if you include free agent signings or not yeah um but with, with Kachuk trade taken in isolation. I mean, I, I think that there it is worth it, it may haunt the franchise, to be perfectly honest with you, for a long time. But as for the whole him wanting to stay, as for what our, our boy Pickle Rick here was saying, um, Pickle Rick, love the name, by the way. Um, I talked probably 2014, 2015. I'm not gonna say the player's name because it was after I turned off my recorder. Yeah, but he was playing in LA at the time and he played in Calgary, so people can figure out who it was. But he said he was like, everyone should play in Canada for five years and yeah. then finish off their career in the States. Mm-hmm. He was like, for five years, you get to be the biggest deal in town. Yeah. And yeah. Then he's like, and then after that, you can walk your kids to school and no one bugs you. <laughs> uh, and that's always stuck with me a little bit is right, remembering yeah, yeah. like bring, there are reasons to want to play in Canada. And then there are other reasons to want to play in the States. And mm-hmm. if you're like, probably it's not Matthew Kachuk, but I'm willing to bet that if you're a third liner 
in Florida right now. Well, there's a focus on the Miami Heat as well as you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. still aren't getting bugged quite as much as you would be grocery mm-hmm. shopping here in Calgary, right? Like there are advantages to that life. There probably are. Yeah. Um, I think Calgary, like we've both lived in multiple Canadian markets. Calgary, it seems like people like like the like it's not as crazy as Edmonton, right? Like, yeah. like I'm willing to bet that most of the time these guys can walk in the streets and they might get a nod or a hello, but but it's nothing compared to. I mean, we don't need to name them, but you just casually ran into a bunch of Stampeders this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, we're not going to say names, but and you were like, it's I don't know, it's kind of awkward. I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Calgary is a weirdly small town. I have discovered, it but is, um, yeah. but even like I've run into to like Flames players out and about, and like it seemed like they were they didn't look like they were surrounded by a mob type of thing like they they just were kind of on their own and you give a little nod one of them um knew who i was and he pretended i was the paparazzi so he covered (laughs) his his face so that was pretty funny but um but but you know and i just i think the dynamic it's because you know calgary i think is a is sort of a city that has a lot going on whereas in edmonton maybe there's like the focus is on the team a thousand percent and there's you know the two biggest stars but i imagine playing in calgary is the easiest one of the easiest canadian experiences compared to yeah you know other other places so i would assume i, I truthfully i don't know mm-hmm. i mean if it's vancouver you have to live in vancouver yeah, yeah. um so what a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> no we're not gonna go why is this. it a nightmare Danny? we're not gonna why go through vancouver that. um <laughs> let me ask you let's let's transition a little bit a bit away while me sort of slowly transitioning you as a sports fan yeah. So like this is not this is just us talking as fans. Sure. Let's pretend you're a Calgary Flames fan in this specific scenario. Oh, Are wow. you cheering for the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup final? If I'm a Calgary, okay, let's say I've got season tickets, like diehard Flames fan. I, I asked Ryan Ballantyne this on Wednesday and he was adamant that it was a no. He was like, I cannot cheer for Kachuk to win the cup. He's like, Bennett, whatever, but I can't cheer for Kachuk to win the cup. I lean towards that because this that's such an inflection point for this whole franchise. And you you see you see but, your but we give him credit for doing everything right for literally like respecting the franchise, telling yeah. them in advance, <laughs> allowing them to deal him. Like he he couldn't, as far as requesting trades go, he yeah, could yeah. not have done it more respectfully. For more. sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big reason why they got a pretty decent haul for him. But you just you still know that the guy was not willing to sign here long term, right? At the end of the day, he's like, Calgary is all right, but I don't want to be here, right? So those four words. If I were, and I, I love, like, I love Calgary to death, like as someone that's proud to live here and is, is willing to bat for the city, like it, it, like, where are you thinking? Like, 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 come on, this is such a great place. Like, and, and I have no like fandom attached to the team at all, despite what some comments might say, but um, <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't right because ultimately he did utter those four words and as great as the stuff he did was here and the community involvement stuff, the fact that you know, he stabbed you and like, I don't want to be here, you know? So did he stab them? That's, I think that's, that's like the pertinent question. And, yeah, and it's yeah, worth noting fair. that like my, my biggest, like as a sports fan, <laughs> like the team that I love the most has always been the Toronto Raptors. Okay. Um, now since 2019, because we won the championship and they've been pretty mediocre. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not as invested in them, but like yeah. for years, whether it was Chris Bosh, Vince yes, Carter, yeah, all yeah. of that, they would leave and I would be like, double maple fingers in the air. I'm never mm-hmm. going to root for you. And then it would be like six, seven years later. And I'd be like, I kind of like you. Like I kind of, I kind of miss <laughs> Absence you. Absence makes the heart I'm grateful for what you did for me. And I, yeah. so I think for me, 
look, I'm openly, you know, I've got, I am Navarro's here saying, yes, lifelong, lifelong Flames fan, go Panthers. Fans okay, of cool. cool. And I like, I, that's, that's where I align as someone who does not cheer for the Flames, but like enjoys when they win because my job is better and the city's more vibrant. We, we benefit, right? Like, exactly. We get more opportunities. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of like, I think it's cool, but I also think it's cool because I, I've said this many times. I think Matthew Kachuk right now, mm-hmm. like the second the season's over, you're making whoever is responsible for media for the NHL. It's like, yeah. that's the guy who I want to see on Jimmy Kimmel. I, I'm, I'm using like very dated references here. Oh, Jimmy but like, Kimmel's still, still hip. He's yeah. Still but like, get it. him in GQ, get him like, get him like all those major media. For sure, he yeah, is yeah. for me, he's the superstar. And I kind of like think that's cool. And for I think, sure. and like, I think that having to watch and with all due respect, I mean, Connor McDavid is a phenomenal hockey player, but like, I would like it if hockey players were a little bit more like NBA players and were a little For bit more sure, expressive yeah. and, and did it. And, and Connor's, could, Connor's ability to sell the game and, and market the game has a pretty like, like well, the ceiling I'd argue his, his willingness to do that. Yeah, yeah, and and sure. Kachuk has shown that willingness and has shown like before the Toronto series, yeah. sort of making those little like, you know, mm-hmm. like um, not chirps, but under the radar chirps a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, I very much, I'm like, okay, Matthew Kachuk is the perfect, he's American, so you can promote him to Americans. This sure, is where yeah. why they should be playing in the Olympics, because I'd like to see this American Olympic team together. But, like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of rooting for the Panthers, is we got to know him. I largely think he was pretty good, respectful of the media. Maybe a little bit, like, like you knew he didn't love us, but still <laughs> played the game well enough. Yeah, um, he wasn't bad at all. There have definitely been people that have been worse, that's for oh, sure, yeah. on the flames. I, I think he was largely so, good with yeah, the media. Yeah, yeah. Largely get in, like, sometimes players don't want to talk to us, and that's perfectly fine. For sure. Like, for sure. It hurts our feelings. But, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but like, we are talking about vulnerable moments, right? Like, it's totally. it's, it, it's not tough to understand. Why, totally. So. Um, <laughs> Jacob Markstrom, 10 minutes after any game is not the time to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, per- perfectly personable guy. Mm-hmm. when it's not 10 minutes after a game. Um, <laughs> There's some funny but, interactions but yeah, with Jacob I want, this season. <laughs> because there really were. Um, because I love the NHL, yeah, yeah. I want the Panthers to win. I think it's the best thing for okay, the well, Okay, I the think flip it's... side of that, so assuming Vegas does pull it off like Saturday or whenever, who on Vegas, I guess, is comparable in a selling the game standpoint? Like, maybe there isn't anyone, come to think of it, right? Like, no, I, I think that that Vegas market has grown sort of important for yeah, the NHL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, now we're talking marketing, which I don't know that people always love, but I do think that Vegas, I mean, we saw what with modern marketing, with modern in-house yeah, you know, yeah. theatrics, what you can do for a new market. And I do think both Vegas and Seattle were places that we're, we're all aware the NHL should have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they're doing well. So I, I like it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be people... Um, we're going to say, and like, I don't disagree, just like the way that Vegas was able to create this team, mm-hmm. they'll never cheer for them because, like, just the rules that almost yeah, felt like yeah. they were rigged for one team for one, but know, they still made draft. some incredible value bets, like Riley 100%. Smith in, in the Florida, like, like grabbing Shea Theodore from Anaheim. Like, they made some incredible, incredible, yeah, it's not smart just decisions. that draft, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um. And no, I mean, if Vegas gets in, I mean, technically Dallas is. Marcia still... was the other guy that they got from Florida. Like that, the way that they fleeced Florida back when Dale Town was the GM, I think. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Just to think about that now that those two teams might be meeting. Yeah, um, actually, it might not have been Dale Town, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you, who do you think wins the Stanley Cup? Who, what, who do you think is best for the NHL? 
to win this. Ooh, Cup. those might be different. Uh, different questions. Yeah, so eh? Dallas, we should know. Like Dallas is still in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's best for the NHL is Florida for the reasons that you said. Plus the fact that Vegas is already a very strong market, whereas in Florida you do you've had questions in the past, right? Like they haven't sold out big games previously. Have they you ever been there? Uh, to sunrise, yeah, yeah, it's in like the middle of it's uh, the weirdest, yeah, it's the like weirdest a swamp, place. basically. Like, well, no, it is like the ever. I mean, I don't know if it's the Everglades, yeah, um, but like it's literally like it's across the street from a swamp. It's yeah. What everyone says, like people <laughs> it's tell like a you, forty these minute things. drive outside, yeah. It's... Well, and people tell you these things, and you're like, oh no, I don't. Like, I, like okay, cool, like it's across <laughs> the street, but like I'm not actually kidding. Like you cross the street, yeah, and yeah. it's a swamp. Well, the aerial shots are always so funny because you see these palm trees and like there's water around it. It's so it's so different, you know. It's not nice. So I landed there and like. Uh, this would have been 2019 yeah and it was the day of cfl free agency mm-hmm. so i worked but i was like you know what i'm going into miami i've never yeah. been to miami i'm gonna go and i'm not kidding like it was legitimately raining yeah like in probably 16 degrees yeah and like little old canadian danny was just <laughs> walking along the beach like no shirt on and i was the only person on south beach <laughs> was, um and then i was like oh, that's man, awesome i gotta drive an hour and a half to this rink but um mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wouldn't go to that many hockey games if I lived in Florida either. I don't know if I would either, and I don't know. Like, it, it's one thing to have the stars. It's another thing to put them in the right spots and make sure that they're getting the exposure. And and maybe the example of, like, when Larry met Stanley is changing um, the way that NHL does stuff, right? Because That was cool. It, that it was, was. I don't it, know if people missed that, but on social media in yeah. general, uh, the NBA brought out the Larry O'Brien trophy. The NHL brought out the Stanley Cup. They did like a tour of New York together. Yeah. Um, at one point, it was the a ML- spoof of when Harry met Sally. Yeah, and the MLS trophy at one point was there as well. Oh, as, really? I believe That's MLB. Cool. I don't really. That was at a sort of a, a Jewish deli. And oh, Kate's like, is next, right. Yeah, it, was that a spot in the movie? I, I haven't watched I Harry met Sally in a long time. Oh, it's been a long time. It's a good movie. <laughs> the um, young people probably won't get that reference when him when Harry. To met be honest, Sally. I. Until you pointed it out, I didn't realize. <laughs> I just thought it was like it was cool that they got the two. Yeah, yeah. Other. And like, given that those those two leagues are direct head to head competition right now, um, it's cool that they're cooperating a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I think everyone kind of knows the NBA is a few miles ahead of the NHL. So like, where are you competing for? <laughs> a but few miles. Yeah, but but it goes to show like the like marketing traditionally has not been the NHL's strong suit, right? And clearly, like, what was the first? Sorry to go on a tangent. But like the first big thing was who's the the in SNL? Let's do that hockey. Like like that was yeah. one of their first forays. That was Chance the Rapper, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like it's good that they're continuing this, and they just have to do it more consistent. And it's not just Matthew Kachuk, right? Like I still feel like I know nothing about Sergei Bobrovsky. This guy might have had the most up and down roller coaster of a career, and yet somehow if he wins the Conn Smythe, Danny, there's a good chance he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Two Vesnas, a Conn Smythe. That that tends to kind of that doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. What, yeah, what does, like right. But but the fact we don't really know a ton about him, or like like there's some personalities on that team beyond Matthew Kachuk that the league should invest money in and pull PR strings and get them out in front of as many faces of casual and non-fans as humanly possible. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, going to ask you on a completely different note, because I saw a tweet that really pissed me off this week. Um, <laughs> we should... It was basically like the Leafs trading Austin Matthews and something for to Chicago for the Connor Bedard pick, which obviously is absurd. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything that you, in the entire league, Right now, like you, mm-hmm. you could put together a trade package. Is there anything that you think Chicago would take for that number one overall pick? 
So like number could, one overall. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you did McDavid and Drysaddle, maybe they'd consider. <laughs> I mean, okay, but let's even go, then, let's you're go giving go up turn. The, yeah, you are. Uh, well, like, look at even not even the hockey player, but the fact that he resulted in what five million dollars of season six, seat revenue within the first 24 hours. Uh, like, it's a no, right? Honestly, like the first thing that comes to mind might be a package around Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, like. Okay. As a guy that moves the needle, a personality, someone your fans can gravitate you, plus is pretty good on the ice. That like you have him locked him up on. Yeah. I mean, the money is just it, yeah. It, yeah, it does. But if you were to open that up to any non-McDavid dry cell, I think the Kachuk might be the first one. I don't mind it as an argument. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. I'm of a believer that no. I'm a believer that like given just the way that yeah, that, that contracts work in the NHL. For sure, like you're better off having an 18. Like you're, you might have a hundred point player making 800, 900 grand. Exactly right. right? Like I just think he's yeah. the most valuable asset, and and mm-hmm. don't know where we stand on using asset as a term. Like I know Brad <laughs> hated referring to players as assets. Oh yeah, did he? Oh yeah, he hated calling players assets. Truly, I didn't. I didn't catch on to that in like um, a couple of years. With there him. were a couple press conferences that I covered where he was just like, I hate saying asset. Um, oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, but. Um, I, I don't think that there's anything that you give up. I, I don't think that there's anything you can no, really offer me other than potentially incredible. Yeah, you give up McDavid. The McDavid's the hard one, right? Yeah. But no. like again, then you are paying nearly twelve million dollars versus eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, and do you have the pieces around? Yeah, it's like Chicago. does it line up with your competitive window and all of that? So. Exactly. Um. So, so yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to ask that because that, yeah, that bothered me one. a little yeah. bit. Um now you have been a little bit, as have I, less than I would like. Um, but around Stampeders training camp. Yeah, uh, yeah. what have you been saying? You enjoying it? Yeah, it's awesome. I love covering the Stampeders. Like Isn't it's not a breath of fresh it's, air. It's Isn't so it nice. <laughs> like the players come up to you and they shake your hand, they're like asking you how your days they know your name. Um, like it's just it's a different dynamic when you're when you're on a lot more of a level whether it's economic playing field or like stat, like, you know, like, like these guys are, are pretty average, average guys at the end of the day. And they, they play a sport. They're exceptional they, athletes. They are, they, they're incredible athletes that play at such a high level, but just, there's not that, that element of ego, I guess that exists in, in the NHL. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You get to know their personalities a lot more. I think they are generally more, more interesting human beings yeah. you know it's safe to say um so it's been a blast um did did some stuff with reggie bagleton and jake mayer today just about i wasn't sure whether to ask because i didn't want to uh scoop tsn on whatever oh. we're working on so no, no, I, it's just yeah. a pretty straightforward how's the offense changing and it seemed i mean dan you know a lot more about this than i would but like going from Bo, who's a lot more of a gunslinger to jake who seems a lot more efficient and kind of game manager like and and a far like a very very phenomenal game manager but a guy that maybe doesn't throw the ball downfield so i was just curious how the offense is gonna change a little bit but honestly man it's been a blast like seeing someone like renee paredes um do his rare one media interview of the (laughs) season with donna spencer and his new life as a firefighter like it's just cool to to see that side of things you know because it's a lot more casual a lot of times we're in flip-flops and t-shirts and it's it's a good vibe there yeah like i often feel and I, I, there's nothing more important to me than covering the Calgary Stampeders. It's been a huge yeah, yeah. part of my career um, yeah. and an important part that I hope to be able to do for many, many years. But like when I'm at the Flames, I'm always very conscious of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, that feels like the job. I feel yeah. like I'm at home when I'm doing the stamps, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and, you know, I, 
I wish that we could get more people to to sort of tune in, um, but it's hard. And the truth is, and not to transition fully back to flames, although I don't, I'm not fully done talking about flames here. The reality is, like we have had two summers where flame stuff drags into basically August. I mean, yeah. when was Kadri signed last year? Was it not August? It was uh, it was late August or in like mid August. Yeah, it wasn't keep, like yeah, I know all sure. of us in the media are sort of trying to plan our vacations. I'm sure they're trying yeah. to plan how to use the studio here. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, with these seven UFAs, and oh, like we might have to trade them or resent. Like the Flames are going to be dominating the the news cycle here in Calgary for at least until mid July. Most likely, hey, you wonder about the draft, and and I mean the first domino to fall is Lindholm, right? But this could be like it just it seems like every summer there's there's like like they they have either you know big contracts on the horizon or executives that are departing. It's was it? Can I ask you? The, and this is me acknowledging that I I don't pay as much attention to the sort of contract side of the NHL as mm-hmm. I should. I'm relatively new, full time on the beat. Would it be perceived as a mistake by Tree Living? That there are seven UFAs next year, like is that is that That's too many question. guys to have their contract expiring same same summer? Okay, well he acquired to Foley, so I know, like I guess it's the it's the guys that he signed, right? So Lindholm and Hannafin were the two from Carolina. True. Okay. Um, and then like Zadora, like okay, Zadorov and Tanev, I think are a little bit like they're probably the most replaceable, right? So if they walk or if he well, I don't know if Tanev is replaceable so much as he's got he's he's going to be what mid to late thirties and easy to move on from, I guess has a lot of injuries. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, and there's no doubting his value to the room. No, everyone, like we all respect Chris Tana, but like you're not signing him for more than one year at a time going forward. Are you? Yeah. Maybe two. Just given he's through no fault of his own. Like he's played a lot of minutes in the NHL. Exactly. So (laughs) So, now Zadorov, I actually think like if you can get him at a decent number, is sort of a useful defenseman. Um, I wonder if, He's finished scored a hat trick in, his finished, in the final uh, game of the season. Answering my question about the thing he learned the most from. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a talker, um, but like Zadorov, like is yeah, yeah. seems super popular uh, with with teammates, with with opponents. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. I think he like he can do the job for you. I think um, so, and I think he wants to be here. Right, that's that's a big yeah. thing that's facing this franchise um, these days. So, I'm such a terrible host because I bounce from thing to thing. Uh, Julian brought this up. Do you resign Troy Setter right now? I don't. I think you have to get meaner on your on your uh, defense okay. core. So, so the possibility of trading Hannafin, mm-hmm. trading Tanev. Yeah. At that point, you're getting Shillington back, so you probably need. Yeah, and that's where like Shillington and Stetcher's skill set is kind of the same, right? Small Fair. puck moving defensemen that don't have the best defensive IQ at times, but can provide a little bit there. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. So, no to Stetcher. Stone. I think you got to move on. Like, I think they missed Eric. Branson a lot this season actually like like someone that can clear the net prevents opponents from getting inside position um we've got this up for the record I don't know really what to do with it sorry this is the graphic. This is, um so yeah you've got Hannafin so okay keep going I apologize the graphic came up I decided to look at it because I thought that it was timed so I started <laughs> I felt like I had to talk about it um, um yeah so you've got again in terms of their defensemen, you have, I mean, Dennis Gilbert next year. Uh, but then, yeah, Zadorov, Tanev, and Hannafin. I am saying that Tanev, I think that you probably shop. I could see that. I could also see Hannafin. Like, if he, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Even if Hannafin does want to re-sign here, like, I, I wonder if you just try to change the mix of that a little bit. Like, they had challenges 
in the defensive zone this season. They were, you know, well, we're assuming that Weger and Anderson is the top pairing yeah, next yeah, year, right? Yeah. So you're sort of you're then losing your three and your I, again. I I just have trouble seeing. I mean, maybe Tanov wants to resign and do short term contracts here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does, great. I think you you take him, but yeah, I'm yeah. not sure that like making him a priority necessarily makes sense. No, not necessarily, right? Like you um, have to. You have to prioritize your two centers plus plus Hanifin, right? That's got to be your and then yeah, Hanifin's the interesting one. Like Han, I mean, Han, yeah, like he's what half a point per game or more the past couple of seasons. He's Hanifin's the one player. Like, let's be honest, Hanifin's the one player who, other than Lindholm, probably well to Foley as well. But I don't know if, at to Foley's age what you're getting back. If you want a useful, legitimately productive, yeah, piece like 82 games a year, yeah. Hannafin and Lindholm are going to get you those. Now, I, sure, yeah. I'm a believer that with Lindholm, you also want young For sure. young assets or draft assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, for Hannafin, what are you looking for? So a defenseman with, that's a little bit younger and maybe less offensively inclined, but a little more bite. Um, what else? You, ideally, like, they don't have a great prospect pool right now, like, beyond the obvious names on the Wranglers that stood out. I don't know if there are a ton of NHL ready guys necessarily. So I'd, I'd prioritize getting so another. Who, sorry. No. I'd prioritize getting an NA, uh, a younger NHL defenseman that has a little more bite and then something around like. So which, which AHL guys next year are playing and I'm including Walker Dewar here. Yeah. We did this with Julian <laughs> as well, but. Which NHL guys are playing or AHL guys this year are playing sixty games in the NHL for the Calgary Flames next year? Uh okay, Dewar for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced Coronado will will play a ton of NHL games next season, and just development of a young forward, stick him in the AHL, and let him acclimate that way. Ah, uh, he's looked good at Worlds. Apparently, yeah, I haven't actually yeah. watched it, but mm-hmm. just based on what Aaron Vickers is tweeting. <laughs> um. I mean, I could see Dustin Wolf getting 10 to 15 games. I, I, I mean, that'll be an interesting conversation because that basically means you're moving out Vladar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to miss Vladar. Um, Pelte is going to get. Yeah, Pelte for sure. Really? I think he's penciled in. He's pen, he has in pen like a top nine slot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Zary will play like 60, but I could see him getting an extended call-up. Uh, Rzeczka? Who no, doesn't think- really count as an HL guy, but... I, I don't see a spot for him next season. I think they've had challenges with with him in different facets, and I I I I, I just don't see it. Um, I, I think I just don't see him being back with the organization. Uh, and then Matthew Phillips is to me sort of an interesting wild card. Where do you give him a twenty five thirty game audition and just say you'll get fifteen minutes a night? Go show us what you can do. Or does he want that? Does he feel like he's been? Bitten a little bit by this organization, his hometown team, a few too many times. So, okay. Final question before we just kind of like shoot the shit for sure. five more minutes, but we'll stick squarely. <laughs> is Mitch Love, if I don't like, is he your odds on favorite for the head coaching job? Not I, saying will he get hired, but do you think he is the most likely hire? I think it's Ryan Huska still by, okay. by, by a little bit, not by a lot, but I think Huska knows the players a lot more. Like the thing, like, People point to Jay Woodcroft going from the American League to the, the NHL, but if I'm not mistaken, Woodcroft had a lot of years as the video coach for, like, who was it, Detroit and San Jose under Todd McClellan? Like, he was around that environment a lot, and he got 
to know players and build relationships that way. I just like love doesn't have that experience. He has, he's done phenomenal work. All the, like a lot of the players on the Wranglers rave about him. Um, I know that they wanted the NHL and AHL systems to be identical. So I don't know if we've seen sort of a true Mitch love X's and O's type of thing. For all we know, he might be an offensive savant that sort of goes in line with what, with what Craig Conroy was talking about. I just think with Huska, he's extremely good tactically. Uh, their penalty kills have been really solid. The development of defensemen, Rasmus, Anderson, Noah Haffin have taken big steps. I think even some of Uyghur's strong play in the second half can be attributed to Ryan Huska. Um, the fact he's been in the environment for a couple of years now, um, I think he's your odds, odds on favor by a little bit, but I think, I think a promotion of some sort is pretty much guaranteed for Mitch Love. That's for sure. And a promotion would be a NHL assistant coaching job. Yeah. Or even potentially outside the I'm organization. Curious. I think with... he's going to have bites from other teams. Oh, for sure. Or the head coaching yeah, job. Definitely. Um, and I mean, like we've got, we've got the stuff up here. I mean, he's, he's. Has not does not have that NHL experience, but obviously has a ton of WHL as well. For as sure, like yeah. Two really pretty impressive seasons in the AHL. And look so, at the young players that have taken big steps under his belt, like Dustin Wolf and completely. Peltier was a point of game player as a mid first round pick in the American League. I think as a rookie too, which is not common. So yeah. and I mean, as you said, the players do seem to love him, which yeah. you know, we can't spend the time we did talking about Kachuk without acknowledging that. However, I think the players would love Ryan Huska too so that's not yeah, that's yeah. Not necessarily a uh a bonus for either of them um what else are you looking forward to this summer man we can talk about anything we got we got my buddy brett who has arrived <laughs> uh he's gonna be a real honest. celebrity in the house there holy well, he's a musician yeah he's uh he <laughs> is the i mean he's honestly just like one of my closest friends but uh he also is the is the lead singer of a band i know you were coming on june 2nd to their album release party <laughs> the beta boys popular band here in calgary we're going to talk about that we're going to you know move off sports a little bit so we'll see how that does for viewership <laughs> but we are also he's uh I watched the entire 2019 Raptors run with him. He's nice. a guy who watched a ton of sports. So I kind of wanted to promote the beta boys a bit. And I know you are friends with Brad and you're going to be at yeah. the show. But what else are you looking forward to this summer, man? We got we got a couple minutes here. We can talk about anything. Uh, what am I looking forward to? I mean, I'm going back to Montreal for a wedding uh, with Julian, actually. So it'll be a nice okay. little college reunion there. If Julian um, is getting married. So I'm not telling me. I'm going to be real upset. I don't think it's Julian getting married. Okay. Um, that would be pretty pretty cool, though, if we if we ended up at his wedding whenever that happens. He's got... He's got a long line of suitors, but um, do you think Julian's the first of us to get married? <laughs> he could be. He could be. Yeah. I think. Um, I think he's a very kind boy, extremely talented sports journalist, uh, mm -hmm. very well dressed. He pulls off the turtleneck and suit extremely well. Next time, um, just for the record, like just want to make sure our producers know. <laughs> next time we have Julian on, I want him the little thing not to say athletic journalist, it's just a kind boy. Uh what else beyond the wedding? I don't know. I played my first round of golf yesterday, so I'm nice. getting back play? into that. I just was at Shagan Happy, cool. nine holes, played nice. really well. Uh I don't know, more sunsets with you on my balcony. Oh, yeah. Um not to get too cheesy. Uh I don't know. It'll be nice. Like I did my big Europe trip last summer, so it'll be a lot more laid back this time. I actually have a car for the first time in my adult life. I got I last year at the age of 29, I got my first ever vehicle. I never had one in my life. You and say that except I bought no I, <laughs> I bought a car off my aunt when I moved here. Yeah. Um, after borrowing her minivan for two years. <laughs> and then I went a long time without a car and I bought one in 2021 as a 37 year old. So okay. like you have nothing. I to never, I about. never had a used one though. I never had like my dad's beater or anything like oh. never, ever. And then 
um like the girl i was dating at the time like like she was awesome but she would be pressuring me to get a car and at one point she was like if we have kids do, are we going to be taking them on the c train everywhere and it was sort of a a weird light bulb that went off in my head that i'm 29 now i should probably get on this and then obviously we broke up but my first phone call in the court car was to her and we had a little nice little exchange then but a beautiful story it was like a young romantic love. uh yeah. but um not beyond that like hanging out with you like and julian and Pat steinberg um and and other like aaron vickers and cammy like Nice little tight media contingent here, so I'm yeah. sure we'll spend lots of time together. And you got lots of Stampeders football to, yeah, uh, to talk yeah, about. I'll it's be, uh, yeah. I will say that at two thirty, we're going to have Jeff Hamilton on from the Winnipeg Free Press, who I believe is the last traveling newspaper journalist covering the CFL. Um, wow. Yeah. So is he is he we'll going put, to all all games? Well, I'm going to ask him for sure. Wow, that's um, that's awesome. But obviously, post media, the Free Press is a is, phenomenal newspaper. Like they do incredibly good work. I don't know how much I should start talking about. Oh right. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Solomon Valdi says, <laughs> uh, "What a kind boy." Um, no, I mean the Free Press is a great paper. I I love all newspapers. So, but yeah, we are. I mean, we're not on the road this year, and as far as I know, they'd be the only independent sort of yeah. uh, company covering it. So yeah, he. Jeff Hamilton, super smart guy. I'm gonna talk trash about the bombers, and I'm sure he'll talk trash about the stamps. That'll be fun. But you know, we're West, gonna we're gonna West keep busy. Division final yeah. preview. You're gonna go to some Calgary Surge games. They launch. Oh yeah, I'm their... gonna go tomorrow for sure. Are I you just, going tomorrow? It's, it's cool. This I've never been to like the first like of a franchise opening type of thing. So that'll be really cool. I'm gonna go to the red and white game first, and then drive off after. But uh, yeah, it's kind of neat to see the city embrace basketball it seems like they've done a good job like jason ribero i think the owner's name is they've done a a great job in kind of building the the support from the grassroots and, and you don't really think of calgary as like a basketball city necessarily so i'm curious how you know seeing a, a game at wind sports how that looks and yeah i've seen a game there they I held know. a like they have like a non-nba team which have like a, a champions league of the americas yes yeah, yeah. Uh, so the edmonton stingers had had won the cebl championship and um i think this would have been last year yeah. Uh, and they had the Canadian leg of the Champions League games um, here in Calgary at Windsport. And like yes. I said, it was phenomenal. I, oh, yeah. like, and I'm not, to be honest, like I'm not doing any promo for them here. Yeah, legitimately yeah. awesome. Legitimately like a professional setup. You yeah. felt, I mean, I've been to a lot of NBA games. Um, and I'm not saying you quite felt like you were at an NBA game, but it wasn't far off. Like it, it really? was really, really cool. Um, and I, I will strongly recommend everyone check out the calgary surge um yeah it'll be cool be there we've seen sure. the city you know i heard for so long when i moved here this is the hockey market and you know the stampeders work as well and yeah. so to see cavalry now yeah, succeeding yeah. to know that we have a women's professional soccer league um team coming within the next year or two yeah and now to see the surge like i um and i hope i'm not missing anything here but i think it's really cool i think it's good yeah. for it, it it shows that this city has a lot more going on than just one sport we're hockey guys who spent the first 55 <laughs> minutes talking hockey here Shocker. um but it's great i think it's awesome and i think that like we i really think the surge are going to succeed and i think they're like packing that house tomorrow um yeah we, are rad. you going to be there or are you at uh, well stands? we'll talk about that later man i i don't know what my weekend holds um, <laughs> oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah i'm going hiking with max campbell on sunday so Whoa. um but here we go man honestly this has been awesome i super appreciate you coming in um we <laughs> you texted me this morning and like we we've just freewheeling it i was like yeah man we're, yeah, that's more fun you know it's, exactly so yeah. i hope uh i hope it worked and uh now we're gonna just have brett on so Ooh. thank you uh thank you so much man i really i i may see you later honestly i, don't, I know I, yeah. i've gotten there have been a few nights recently that either in that media chat 
which I have muted, so I don't get any of the <laughs> like. I literally, if I were to open my WhatsApp, I'm gonna um, assume that we will be ending up seeing each other somewhere on this Friday night. 100%. I have 402 unread messages <laughs> in the media group chat. So, uh, thank you so much, buddy. We have really. to do like we have to choreograph an NBA handshake and do it on air next time. I think that's our next. Like, we can work on that tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know if people can see our back end. It's wild right now, but uh, thank you. That is Salim Balji. Salim Balji. I apologize from. From TSN. Uh, he's the best, and we're so grateful to have him here. Awesome. So, Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Yep. Cheers, bud. All right. So I'm going to kind of just vamp here for, like, yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh, um, and if you want to let Brett know how to come, in, I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing. I, I've never actually had to transition from one guest to another. Um, Brett, you're just going to come sit sit over here if you're down, put on some headphones. Um, this is, this is, yeah, we're just going in front of the cameras now. Uh, so. Uh, great, great podcasting here. So, um, yeah, I am really, really hyped here in the Oodle Noodle studio. Um, right, yeah, just come sit down. You put on the headphones and you talk into the mic. Um, one of my very, very best friends in the world. Um, reason you were on here, your, your name is Brett Sanford. Um, he is the lead singer of Calgary band The Beta Boys, who are, I will argue, my, my favorite Calgary band. Maybe my favorite band. I was listening to you guys on the way over. New single out today, as well as your album release party um, next next Friday. Um, it is Friday, right? June 2nd would be Friday. Friday, June 2nd. And also, respect for getting my name and all the details correct, Danny. Well done. I did, right? You did, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know that I'm a professional, but I do my best here, guys. Um, fool me man yeah we're good we're good buddy how you doing i'm good i'm good had a uh run around day today uh yesterday we've been doing some uh some promo for our new album and it's been uh it's been great so far so the response has been fantastic and we've been having a good time and getting ready for the show we've, uh, we got some special things in line for the show which... yeah so the theme is retro prom yeah we're calling it a spring formal, spring is, formal. Is, okay. is where we're going with that and uh so not only are we trying to transport the people of commonwealth bar and stage on june 2nd um via some decorations there's a polaroid photo booth where the band will take your photo and okay, you sick. can have a uh, souvenir keepsake that's sick. Um, we got some new merch rolling out. Uh, and then we also have some additions, which we don't usually have for the show. So we got, instead of one saxophone player, we have literally doubled the amount of saxophone players. Are you, two saxophones. Two. So there's like... Buddy, you're really doing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's great, too, because one plays a big saxophone and one plays a little one and they harmonize and... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sexier, I would say. It's real, it's real nice. It's like, I can't wait. Can yeah. I ask? We've been friends for, what, six, seven years now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the number of times that I've seen you not wearing black is like maybe twice what i don't want to like i don't want to spoil anything but can we expect some colorful bread yeah you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see some large suit jackets you're gonna see some um creatively printed open shirts you're gonna see uh it's it's prom but it's also cocktail hour on a cruise ship dare i say so uh, we are sunset. Yeah, sounds seductive. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's good. It's, <laughs> you know, the music's all like 1980s kind of stuff, as you know, and it kind of like really leans pretty hard into that stuff. Whereas it's you know it's sincere, but it's also kind of goofy. But there's a lot of keyboards and a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, I I have obviously seen you guys live. I will say part of why I wanted to have Brett on. Like honestly, if you were looking for something to do on Friday, beta boards are so much fun, man. Like you guys do have fun. Like that's, we we do have fun. Like. Yeah. And I, I think it's like all of the people in this band, they're they're in other bands too. And I think this is like the one project where we can come together. And it's interesting that it's sort of begun to take off and get some traction because it was sort of the project that people cared the least about. And that is, <laughs> yeah, and it almost made it so that kind of laissez-faire type attitude gave it all of its charm. And now we've actually been working on it and, 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 the results we're really happy with that's awesome and i mean commonwealth is that's a pretty big size venue it's a big room it's yeah. a big room yeah like i've i've been able to play it before um and it, it sounds great but yeah a lot of as a as a performer uh i say there's a lot of floor you know what i mean so it well it looks great when it's packed and you know and i will say that i mean partially just because i like have told my friends the guys you got to check it out yeah um guys we're friends with you but may not have seen it before i know solemn's gonna be there like there's a bunch of us um who who are coming and like the, like i've told people i'm like you guys are a band you can dance to man yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, like, yeah you yeah. guys are i you have been in other bands that are were a little bit less dancey absolutely uh, but 
you know, your your new single, I'm going to bring up the name, Weekday Strangers, dropped today. Weekday Man, Strangers. I was cruising through it with the windows down. You should have seen me. You should have seen me. I don't know that I was getting checked out because I'm a near 40-year-old man in my Toyota Corolla, but, like, people should have been checking me out. I looked great. I looked cool. I had the guns. I rolled my, my sleeves up a little bit. I with, felt cool. I felt sexy. With looks like that and a whip like that, you're going to get checked out, Danny. <laughs> no doubt. It's, it's going to be a thing. Um, Solomon is now is now actually leaving. He stayed stayed for a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask you. Or we will talk more Beta Boys, sure, but um, absolutely, you and me. A, a big part of our friendship has been has been kind of watching sports. What are you What have you been watching recently? I've been enjoying. Well, I was enjoying. I'll say the word you loosely, but I've been enjoying up to the last two weeks Blue Jays baseball quite a bit. Okay, you know, I mean the teams the team's struggling, but um. I like to think that they are one of the most exciting teams in baseball. They're very dynamic. They they can blow out an opponent. They can get blown out. Every inning matters in Blue Jays baseball, for better or worse. Which is crazy because it's an 162-game season. I so know. It, it doesn't normally feel like that. Not at all. Yeah. And then, you know, I was, I was listening to um, some conversations about, you know, this historically poor start that Alec Manoa's had and what the alarm bells for that look like. Cause you're right. It's 162 game season, but some of his numbers, he's one of the worst starters in the league, which is crazy, isn't it? which is crazy. Especially like you look at last season and how dominant it was. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the pitch clock and how maybe that's affected him and, and how base runners are stealing more often and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's all, it's a new game. I think this, season more than any other season we all knew that was going to happen but like watching baseball right now is this is like engrossing thing to me well because it's also i don't know that and like i haven't been watching because to be perfectly honest with you like my life has been as, as you're well aware just constant calgary flames yeah 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 <laughs> which i'm gonna ask you about conroy but like yeah it has been i i this has been a relatively busy couple weeks for me um yes. um so i haven't watched a ton but like the cool thing is that you only get this every once in a while where everyone has to figure it out on the fly. Totally. So with this pitch clock thing, like teams are not like, I'm trying to think, I guess probably after the lockout in 04 or five, that would have been the last time like we saw NHL teams have to figure out what type of players you wanted to sign. What hundred uh, percent, like there were so many rule changes. And and I, I like that about baseball right now is that like, they haven't figured it out. They are, no. Um, and a different type of player has value that they might not have had a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. I do. I want you to tell the story because it, it remains. You were at a French Open final. I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, you were in Europe and I, I just literally remember like, I'm trying to think we, you and I went to a photography show a couple weeks ago and yes. I biked down and we were hanging out with a buddy uh, by the Bow River, um, drinking non-alcoholic beverages at 11 PM on a Saturday night Absolutely. Um, by the river. But we were talking, we were like, Hey, what's the coolest sporting event you have ever been to? And I don't actually think it's what you named but i was like nah man french open final is the coolest yeah i mean french open final was incredible so very who, cool who was playing how do you get the tickets okay so i was in paris um in a extended work slash personal type capacity and so i wanted to go to roland garros and so i entered the ticket buying lottery for both the men's and the women's finals and I lost the men's lottery. I was not able to buy the tickets, right? And then, but the women's, I got pinged and I won. And so I did a little bit of research and got in on the side of the court 
that uh, shades over first. So they don't assign you tickets? Like, it's literally like, okay, you're now welcome to enter the portal. Yeah. Buy wherever yeah. you want. Okay, it, cool. it, it, yeah. So they, they're not like, you win, you win this ticket or these two tickets. They're like, you win jump on in or at least that's what it was i think yeah. we're 2018 or 2019 the uh the timelines are a little fuzzy um you know at that time but i think it's 2018 and so i got us on the side of where it shaded over first because people are like you're gonna get roasted in a yeah. paris heat wave here and so we did it and so got in there and it was um simona and um sloan stevens and it was incredible it was great. It was just, and everything about it, you go to a sport event like that. And it's like, if you've been to enough North American sports or sports in North America, you kind of know what to expect. You know, like there's, there's the change in the room and, and, and you know, there, there's all that, there's all those little small things, but then you go to something like a grand slam, if you've never been to one and it's just like the majesty of the courts and how 100%. much effort and the people watching is incredible. So you go in there and, you know, instead of... Can I just quickly, is, when you say people watch, is it all rich French people? It's kind of like everything. It's kind of like there's people that you're like, this person looks like they were born to have attend this event. So in that regard, yes. And then there's people who you're just like, wow, like it is fair like there's all kinds of tourists you yeah. know what i mean and tourists that like there's tourists and then there's tourists that look like tourists of course and <laughs> there's both kinds you know what i mean i like to think i'm one and not the other but you know you'd have to ask a local but but and so you you, you go in there and just you just you're just looking around in awe you know it's sort of like this weird thing where it's like if you've never really heard of disney world before and you go to disney world and you're walking around you're like what is this everything is a thing which, like, let's be very clear that I've never been to Disney World, but nobody loves roller coasters more than you. That's true. It's one of the weirdest parts of your identity. Um, you and our other buddy Lee just talk about roller coasters all the time. Yeah, everybody's got to like something. Everybody's got to like something. Everybody's got to like something. I can't contribute. I'm afraid of heights and don't like roller coasters. That's all right, man. Love a log ride. Hey, log everyone ride. loves a good log flume. I love a log flume. Um, yeah, so it is like you felt that majesty because. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. you, you look around and there's the. There's not hot dogs and beer. There's, you know, crepes and champagne. As it should be. And when someone nudges you and said, shall we get a crepe and champagne? I'm like, yes, absolutely. We absolutely should we for should. sure do that. Middle of the day at a Paris heat wave, a crepe is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guzzled by a champagne. I mean, maybe I still have to learn how to look like while I'm drinking it, I need to look like a local while I'm drinking it. I think I still look quite a bit North American, but hey, that's fine. I'm enjoying myself. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, it's interesting because also... I argue that the first sporting event I ever went to, like we've run into, you were at game seven last year at Dallas, Calgary. Like we've Wild. run into each other, which we'll talk about. We've we've been to a lot, but I think the first one would have been the Masters at Spruce Meadows, right? Yes. I think that's the it, first time you and I ever went to a sporting yeah, event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny you say that. I, I wouldn't have picked that out of the ether, but you're entirely correct. Kick back, watch some show jumping. Had a great time. Incredible. That has the majesty. Absolutely. It's so cool. It's wild like, that it's in Calgary. Well, and it's like a, distinctly city person like you know i love the mountains i spend a lot of time out there and i love the outdoors but like i'm not around you know equestrian show jumping or horses in general and so to see them you're just like oh my god i generally have a rule that if someone has a horse in their online dating profile i i won't swipe right i won't say yes danny red flag um, just like i just i can't afford to 
support a horse. Um, <laughs> um, you did, have, have you considered that they're independent people and they they of can course, support the horse course. themselves? Yeah, they don't need that. you, it's, man. I, I've just let's move on. Um, I know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that I need to support my partner. That's not at all what I'm getting at. Um, um, you were at Game Seven. I was at Game Last Seven. Year, uh, Johnny Gaudreau overtime goal, crazy, nuts. Is that your top? Calgary sporting event that you have attended and does the way it ended with Gaudreau and Kachak just a short month and a half later, does it take away from it at all? I'd say it's probably for me, the biggest Calgary sporting events I've ever attended would maybe like the heritage classic when they did it at McMahon stadium, just yep. because of like how unique that was, was really good too. But I, I think game seven definitely beats that. And it also wasn't minus 25 inside the stadium, yeah, which was God awful, but great. You know, like I was happy to be there and I had a great time, but talking specifically about game seven, like unbelievable, like it's the biggest outpouring, like of emotion. Cause it was a combination of like elation with relief. If that makes sense. Totally. That ever, like that, the organization, the players, but like the fan base, they needed to win that a playoff series and it had been building and like maybe it not building in a way that it's built for the Leafs over no. all of these years. Um, and like, especially the way that that series had gone where Ottinger just stood on his head and it really felt like the flames deserved to beat. I mean, the stars were a good team, but like the flames were the better team and just Ottinger was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then for it to come down to overtime, like it was so tense. You could like, I've never, I don't know that I've experienced anything there are a couple big fights that just went back when I used to cover the UFC that like sure. sort of had that tension a little bit, but like that's different because it's not everyone cheering together for one thing. Totally. But like that goal was unique in my career. And I've obviously my career is watching sports. I've been at a lot of events and yeah, it's just the only thing that sucks about it is that it's then like, it, it just ends so quickly after that. Yeah. But that night taken in isolation is very special. Well, I mean, I guess it's a metaphor for life, Danny. You need to enjoy the good times while they're happening because yeah. you never know when you're getting out ousted in four or five around the corner. I know, and then good row signs elsewhere. And then good good, then good then we all know what happens. Yeah. But no, I mean, like that core get that goal gets scored and it's like I'm in Rome during Gladiator or something. Like it's in it's at that level. Like I was up and I, I was I was three seats from the back of the wall and the goal goal goes in and I was I couldn't sit with my friends. We couldn't get seats together. So I was sitting two rows in front of my friends, which is which was chill, you know. Yeah. And there's you know, young these two young I was guys sitting in a decrepit press box yeah <laughs> well these these two young guys were next to me i made friends with uh, everybody it was like weird because it's like i find like some sports you make friends with people in your section but especially but like you know this was usually at flames games i i i, I don't not for any other reason than the fact that it doesn't it's like when you sit down to some sit down on an on a airplane and sometimes you talk to the person sometimes you don't you know what i mean it's the same kind of thing but i like became like the camaraderie in the stands was incredible and like i remember when the goal happened we we're all cheering right and the guy who i just met turns he high fives his buddy looks at me he hugs me and he hugs me so hard that we like wipe out into the row in front of us and like the people are holding us up and then like i was like oh, i'm so sorry and the guys everyone's like it's cool and it was just like such a great moment and, and to feel, and you feel like you're part of something you feel like you're part of something it's it's like a, obviously it's a metaphor for why we watch sports in general it's just like it's incredible so as a Flames fan, yeah, are you rooting for Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett to win the Stanley Cup this year? I've asked a lot of like my media, like Julian and Solemn have both been in here this week, and I've asked them, if you were a Flames fan, would you? But you are an actual Flames fan. You are not in media. You don't have to be no. objective. No. Do you want them to win the Stanley Cup? 
Um, I think, I think I don't really care who wins the Stanley Cup at this point. Okay. I do. I, I care to watch. Like I, I, I don't care who wins, but I care very much to watch it. You know, and I think that it's it's kind of an interesting time as a sports fan because I think the best thing about the final, especially if, if Vegas goes through, you're going to see two people who've never won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Two and, fan bases, yeah. And obviously, when I break it down, two fan bases, two markets that have never won, I kind of want. I guess I kind of want Florida to win because, like, they put like if you're a Florida Panthers fan. And if you're like a legacy Florida Panthers fan, nothing <laughs> you've been through it. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, obviously being a Vegas Golden Knights fan is a completely different thing. And, 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 you know, if, if a sport comes to your town and you're passionate about it, you're passionate about it, you know, like it's, but just like the length of time it takes, like, look at how many teams there are in the league and what your odds are just statistically of winning a Stanley cup, taking your, taking your, hundred percent. My mom gets really upset because my mom, because I cover the flames has become a flames fan. Yeah. And like every time that we talk on the phone, I have to be like, mom, like I'm not actually a fan. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like it's like, it's actually okay. And I think that her thing is she wants them to make the playoffs because it's good for my job and good for my career and totally. more eyeballs on your work. But also like she legitimately, she just watches on Google. So Amazing. it's not even my parents don't have cable um, because they, they only watch the CBC news. Um, but so she watches it on her phone and will like text me being like, I'm so sorry that they're losing three one. I'm like, shut up. Like, mom, it's okay. Like, it's fine. I cannot emphasize enough because when and my mom is a sports fan, like it's not like she's she's ignorant. But like I do try to explain that like one team wins and everyone else ends up disappointed. Um, Absolutely. And and with Panthers fans, there has been that disappointment. My main thing is I just like, honestly, I, I think what Matthew Kachuk is doing is really cool. And like, yeah, I wish for Calgary sports fans, I wish it was happening in Calgary, but like three game winning goals in one playoff series is insane. And like, unbelievable. and I like that he kind of, he doesn't talk trash, but he's not quiet in the media. He doesn't no. like try to avoid any controversy. I love like all the things that I think would have been great if they were happening in Calgary. The fact that they're happening in Florida doesn't like, doesn't bug me, but I also am not that emotionally invested. No, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I couldn't so- have dealt with the Oilers winning. Like, I didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I'm i a Flames fan. I'm not originally from Calgary, but I've lived here most of my life. Um, if the Flames are out, I don't have a huge problem with it. And I know I'm in the minority of that. And sometimes I got to watch where I say that because, you know, your friends get a little heated, you know, especially because I have a lot of friends from Calgary and Edmonton. Let's just put it out there. I dated an Oilers fan, and we are no longer dating, so I'm rooting against the Oilers. Hey, I'm petty. I'm not. I'm a good person in other ways, but as it it relates to my exes and their hockey teams, and that's every ex, I don't want them to win in hockey. You know? I mean, everyone's got their reasons, Danny. Does that make me a bad person? No. I don't know. No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Some people dislike the entire city. You know what I mean? It's like, so. I, I want nothing but good things for Edmonton. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Shout out Edmonton. Yeah, well, you got a cool bridge. Yeah, yeah, great bridge. Great bridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you happy with Craig Conroy as the GM? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it watches presser and tell me how it's not kind of exciting. Just the energy he brings. And as far as a general manager goes, he seems like he's quite candid. He seems like he's outgoing. He seems like he's a great person when when i take into 
my life when I work in any type of professional capacity with somebody like Craig Conroy, the way that I perceive him, it seems like he's a pretty positive person to be around. And I think that's a thing that really like instills itself from the top down. And so when I see that, that's what I see. And I see if there are problems, he if he brings that type of energy into private conversations behind closed doors, wow. I mean, he seems like he's a problem solver. He seems like he's motivated. Uh, he's very friendly. And I think that that's that kind of like softening of the business, I think goes a long way when it comes to taking care of the people underneath you. Which given the negativity, and I can say this as someone sort of who covered the team, like there was a sense that this was not a particularly happy work environment for yeah. a lot of people over the last year. And I'm not actually putting that on the GM. I'm not putting that on no. Brad Tree Living. Um, so, but I do think like if, as they move forward and this, they have, Don Maloney sort of said, this has to be the start of a new era. Yes. You, know, you lose your head coach and your GM the, 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 at the same time, basically you have to be building from scratch. And if that is sort of one of the foundational pieces is that like people have good relationships and and you know, they speak and they communicate and are, kind to one another which is so corny to say but like but i i genuinely if i'm a flames fan that that makes me happy that's, that's Same. what i want for my organization that's what i want for my team you know like um i have always as a as a raptors fan what masai ujiri represents and who he is and how he does business is something that makes me like my team more it makes me proud to be a raptors fan and i think i've heard you know both from you and from other fans that matters as a fan Absolutely. It's like, what do you want to cheer for this team that has this like toxic work environment, you know? And I'm not saying that's, that's where it was. I mean, it's purely for someone like me, it's speculatory, but it's not hard to see like with, with what comes out of there. And it's nice to see that, like, I think it's right. I think you're right. It's the start of a new era. And I think that's exciting as a fan and even just having that. And it's like, okay, like there was so much discussion about the coaching specifically. And then, you know, obviously the the GM situation was a bit of an elephant in the room and everybody, you know, nobody knew it was going to happen, at least for me in a fan base. And it was, uh, it was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. It's exciting. And it's like, okay, like we had a season that was very disappointing and things changed. And I think that's like, sometimes I think that it's like, you take a look at how many one goal games that that club played. And it's like, they weren't that far off. They weren't that far off. They weren't that far. It was just like something just had to click. You know what I mean? And so that's a, maybe a place where I see like, I usually read the comments and I usually like listen to the shows. And I think that a lot, I, I think part of the fan base doesn't understand just how close it was and how this is like truly a game of. Not, I don't necessarily know that it's not understanding so much as being like, this is a results-based business. Yeah, you know, true. Fan, no, fair. I think a lot of the fan base wanted the results. Yeah, and, and I mean, game. I mean, that's that's where the fun comes, right? You win Game Seven, you have the greatest time. But to win Game Seven, you gotta win enough in the first eighty-two to make it in. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I will just say that also as a media member, like that press conference, the exact thing that you felt, I just felt in a way that like actually affects me personally because like I would like to go into, and, and that's not me rooting against. Daryl Sutter by any means, but like if no. that was the most fun I've had at a press conference, just because I was like, oh, the answer is like, this is actually interesting. I can, I can go and unpack this and think about what it means. And, um, and that positivity like rubs off on me too. And I, I want to go into a work environment that, you know, um, 
gives me things to think about and write about and well and, that, and that's what's conveyed to us you know to the fans exactly so um let's finish off we got about probably three minutes here um we've talked about the beta boys yeah um i think we should talk about them again let's sure uh, let's let's yeah. throw back um this is old school radio more so than podcasting but just next friday at commonwealth but also people should be checking out the album um yeah in general which obviously drops on friday um, yeah there they are the beta boys um you can't see it but we got your instagram up right now amazing um looking absolutely fly at the eau claire market we are yeah we did we did band <laughs> photos at, uh, at at an abandoned hour of the eau claire market and it was wonderful um but if people do do kind of are thinking next friday they want to come check out some music just just tell them tell them again what what they should be expecting because it's going to be such a good time i'm honestly i'm calling it the party of the summer whether you are or not <laughs> yeah no i mean you can call it that I, I i we're excited about it and so we have beta boys 80s inspired new wave fun to dance too um we have our new album coming out there's two songs from the new album out already the full album drops next friday on the second they are on every platform I, on every I, platform i'm an apple music user yeah um, that's you and i don't know why yeah well like, you know everyone tells me spotify is better i mean i don't think either of them spotify is not sponsoring this either is an apple music so i can just offer a, a an opinion honestly like Apple Music is on my phone. Yeah, it was like That's the one. Thing. It's like the one you choose. Sometimes it's like there's no rhyme or reason. You just stick with it, and it's like, why do you listen to Apple Music? Is because well, I always did, and that's. That's why you distribute your music through all those channels because just people have that. Exactly. You know, um, but yeah, we got two great opening bands for us: uh, Crew Williams and Sea of Lettuce. Both like incredible, dancey, wonderful all over the place some spooky some you know fun really great really great bands we're playing with so we're excited about that and the nice thing about having an album release party is you get to choose the bands so we chose these specifically out of and there's so much great music here like in calgary it's wild so 100%. we chose those two it's an early show it's seven to ten so we tried to pick a block of time where it's like okay it's not if you want to go out after like it's not being like hey i'll meet up with everyone after the last band gets off the stage at 12 30 it's like no 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 no. last note hits right before 10 p.m and so go out do your thing and uh yeah it's a 80s spring formal theme so kind of like one of those things where it's it come as you are you know if you want to dress up dress up and if you don't you know that in like the 1980s john hughes movies there's like the like kids in jean jackets and leather jackets at the back of prom you know what i mean it's like every everybody looks cool and it's like i think that's like a nice thing and it's just trying to do something different like band releases album i mean pretty good narrative but why don't we throw a party that's special where it's like this is happening once and it's just the right theme for the album and i legitimately can't wait and for people who are wondering like i am not like you're the first musician i mean again we are good friends but that is yep. not the reason you were here i have seen you guys play several times um the last time at the ship and anchor was just absolute blast and like it is fun honestly like people dance people like you guys are legitimately good but if people are looking for something fun kind of different to do um next friday honestly i i just adore you guys as a band i adore you as a friend and uh Come on out, the Beta Boys, Friday, June 2nd at Commonwealth, uh, 7 to 10. Tickets are available now. Check out their Instagram. Buddy, thank you so much for coming on. 
Thanks, Danny. Uh, this has been hilarious and yeah. awesome. And uh, pleasure to be here. Um, Big fan of the show. Yeah. Big fan of the guy. I don't know. I believe that you're heading out of town, so I'm not sure when I'm seeing you, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Buddy, thank you. Thank you. Cheers. That's great. That was Brett Sanford from the Beta Boys. Um, very fun to have him on and to talk a little music, do something a little different. We are at some point here um, going to have Jeff Hamilton from the from the Winnipeg Press. Um, Jeff Hamilton is there. Sick. Um, Because I don't like vamping and just talking on my own. That is something that I have been very clear about. But uh, Jeff Hamilton, I don't even know where to start. Thank you again, Brett. Brett's taking off. Brett is the president of the Football Reporters of Canada, but I don't think that's the right place to start. He is a a dear friend. That's not the place to start. You cover the Bombers and the Jets. Um, Honestly, we're mostly going to talk CFL. But before I do, how much of it? How much of a relief is it? Because I know for me, like the, the Flames had a pretty weird year and I got back to Seattle. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, this is nice. For you in Winnipeg, which was like arguably an even weirder year. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but some weird stuff. How nice is it just be back doing CFL a little bit? First off, great to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, crazy, man. Because it's like, you know, you you understand this. It's It's quite, I don't even know what the word is, man. Like all encompassing, like, exhausting to cover two teams throughout the, you know on, in two leagues that, that that don't take a break like they they even yeah. cross they inter, even intersect together so it's like you know obviously there are times when the CFL is playing by itself and the NHL is playing by itself but um you know to your to your question like the Jets was a was was bananas right I mean it was the, it was it was easily of the you know six seven seasons I've covered the team was the craziest the first half of the season was like it was it was all about the bonus effect that this team had turned itself around and that you know you know, great days were to come and and you know this team's a legitimate Stanley Cup contender to the flip the script in the second half it was like this team was doing everything it possibly could much like the Calgary Flames were to not make the playoffs they were easily one of the worst teams in the league and then you know went through the but I'd say the most exciting part much like we've seen in Toronto much like we saw in Calgary and their exit interviews was the end man I mean oh, a season that started with so much promise and then absolutely derailed uh to the point where the Jets not made the playoffs and they squeaked in they clinched the second last game of the season obviously with some help from teams around the league uh they would have been the they would have set the record for the team with the best you know, I, the greatest downfall in, in league history. So there was that that just puts it into perspective. And then Rick Bonus going off at the end. And then, of course, the exit interviews, man. It was just wild. Rick Bonus part of it, like, because he covered the stars. So last year, first round of the playoffs, like, I got to know, not didn't get to know him, but I got to cover him a little bit. And I was like, this is the nicest man I've ever seen. And to see him oh, then going off was like, what is happening? He's honestly, man, he was like, because we, we had Paul Maurice before, obviously, right? We see the yeah. run he's doing now in Florida. And that's, you know, pretty incredible turnaround for a guy who, you know, quit on the Winnipeg Jets and then now is leading the last year's uh, President's Trophy winners to this year's, you know, dream story in the playoffs. I mean, Paul Maurice, anyone that knows Paul Maurice or has covered Paul Maurice knows how great of a quote he is. Rick Bonus, I'd argue, was even better because he was actually refreshingly honest. Like he, you know, that, 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 the, that game five post game, which by the way, daddy was me and him for a minute and a half. It was the question. Yeah, it was me and him. I was in Vegas. There was a, a whole room full of reporters. And, and just that, you know, like when he said, when he, it sounded like it was more time when he's like, any other questions, Kate out of here. Like it was quick as, 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 as it could be, man. No one else could ask any other question and no one need to ask any other question. Cause he said everything he needed to, but uh, certainly, I mean, just a roundabout to even answer your previous question was like, coming into football man 
it's just a it, it's a breath of fresh air. It really is. You know, you and guys like you and I, we love covering the Canadian Football League. You know, the stories are plentiful. You know, especially during training camp, you have these like every single guy pretty much from the U.S. has a unique story, right? And I don't want to. I'm not saying there isn't you know good stories in the NHL or other leagues, but when you compare it to the NHL, man, it's like when you want to put in. We all know a great stories involve you know a lot of adversity, and I'll tell you what the adversity, while it exists in both in all sports, football seems to be a whole other story. And there are like, I'm again not saying that there aren't good stories in hockey, but like the difference is like. Honestly, we don't know who most of these guys are, like the the rookies, the rookie Americans showing up for training camp. Like, you have no oh. idea. So you actually, as a reporter, it's super fun because you get to dig in and, like, learn about these guys. Whereas most hockey training camps, it's prospects who you've known about for five years. Like, there's not totally. – it's like, are they going to break in? And then, like, people forget that most of these Americans who are coming up to the CFL, like, they never thought they were going to be – in Winnipeg or Calgary, like they're or like, anywhere in the country, and a lot of them need to get passports because they, have, they haven't been. Um, and, and like, so there, what the hell are we doing here? A little bit, and then you, I, one of my favorite things about the CFL is as those guys, you know, they make the team, they go through a season. There comes a point where you can see that they've actually fallen in love with it, mm-hmm. and like it's, I imagine specifically in Winnipeg where there's been so much success, and we hear about that culture and guys kind of buying in and falling in love with the city and the organization. I imagine you've got a fair bit of that. Eh? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, and, and like, you know, I, I think most locker rooms, if not all locker rooms around the CFL are pretty inviting when you compare them to the NFL. Like the number one thing is there's no doubt. Everyone wants to play, whether you're American or Canadian, it doesn't matter where you're from, Europe, anywhere in the world, you want to play the best league in the world. The NFL is, is no doubt that, you know, that league. And so, um, CFL but, fans are asked, like if it's only casual fans who don't recognize that, like oh, we're all sure. rooting for these guys to go to the NFL. There's no resentment when a, when a guy in the CFL gets his shot. And there shouldn't Everyone's be. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to hold anybody back in a promotion. I mean, that's the main argument, but like to, to, to the, to answer, like everyone talks about the politics in the NFL and how like, it, it's just, it's just cutthroat, right? Cause it's such mm-hmm. a, you know, there's so much at stake in making a roster in the NFL. And then we all know the average, careers so it's just you know and a lot of it has to do with politics and where you were drafted and what position and all you know what size you are and and so to come to the cfl a lot of guys while while they're certainly like figuring things out with all the new rules and the waggle and you know everything that comes with the three down game they they like as you mentioned danny like it's not very long afterwards where they're like wow i I found a football home right like it feels like a home it feels like family for sure so let's get into it I have been like straight up, like I would love to come in and start chirping the bombers. Just like, yeah, like, I figured know. we were going to, I figured we would, you know, I didn't know what your entry would be but, into it, but. Well, no, I like, while I will express my like concerns at some point, like I will be honest that like, if I were picking the West, my number one team in the CFL, CFL, but also specifically the West division is the bombers. Like I just can't not, it was so crazy that they didn't win the Grey cup. It was hilarious as someone who wasn't in Winnipeg that they didn't win the Grey cup, but like, it was crazy. Who's the second best team in the West for you? Calgary, man. I mean, it, um, for a couple different reasons. I mean, I'd say the number one reason, I mean, if Nathan Rourke was still a BC Lion, I'd be saying the Lions right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know how close those two teams were in the standings last year. We know how close the West, you know, the West semi was. I mean, they're two very comparable teams, but Nathan Rourke just took, you know, the league by storm. Him being gone now and Vernon Adams Jr. being the, you know, his replacement, while a guy who has certainly a lot of experience in this league does not have the level of consistency that Nathan Rourke brought week in and week out. So when I look at, when I look at the West standings and you look at the CFL as a whole, we know the most important position is quarterback, 
right? And so when you look when you look at you know specifically the West and and Zach Claris, of course, of Winnipeg and being the the two time reigning you know most outstanding player, he's the, player. he's the he's the he's the best in the league, and he's completely changed the entire the entire culture. I wouldn't say the culture. The culture was good, but he he's changed the entire narrative around the Bombers being the team who can't win or can't get the job done, right? And so when you look back down the 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 West, I mean. I'm very curious. I have I have Calgary at two, couple reasons. You just can't count out Calgary. You know they're going to find good players. They have you know the Stampeders way, as you know probably better than anybody. There is that you know a positive culture there. Um, they're a young team that's now a bit older, right? So like that 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 plays a massive role. And I know that you know certainly you've made the argument, and others, and and I've made the argument too that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are an aging team. They have an aging core. Are they going to be oh, able to exactly do it again? Yeah. Well, and and the, and then the question, I mean, I'll just put it this way. The Bombers wanted the 2024 Grey Cup for a reason. <laughs> not not the they got the 2025, but they wanted the 2024 specifically so they could fit, you know, that group. And I know there's a lot of guys on the Bombers who are talking about 2025 and wanting to, you know, be around for that game. And cause you're looking at guys in their, you know, early to mid thirties, Stanley Bryant, geez, guys, 37 years old, you know, and he's, you know, he's, he's, like, still- he's, he is arguably, and it's funny. Cause like, again, I made fun of Stanley Bryant a little bit last year. And like it, you like, love that clip. Yeah. Yeah. I love that clip, but he's, <laughs> he remains an elite offensive lineman in the league, but he is at that age where, and this is something in every sport, this is not a knock on him, but when it goes, it goes fast. And when you're dealing with a guy in his late thirties, particularly a guy whose like job involves so much physical, labor you you can't help but worry about when it's going to happen not to mention his number one responsibility is to cover the blind side of zach claris so it's like it's like like he can't take a playoff like he, you know he can't he can't have have many plays and he didn't have many plays to be fair the the, the one where quote-unquote was put on rollerblades I know. And, and defeated which was a great which is a great high was it sean lemon no, that was following our Milade. Okay, yeah. So just you know, quality quality rusher too. Obviously, like that's a great clip to put on your your highlight reel. For, for context here, when the Stamps played the Bombers, there was a beautiful sack where he basically where Oro Milade basically bull rushed him, and like you know me at the end of a football season, like I lose my mind. Like I'm an I'm a crazy person for the last six weeks. Then about two weeks after after the season ends, um. And I do this thing where it's like, because there are more people in Europe, in Winnipeg specifically, like media people, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to stand up to the media in Winnipeg, like this, as if you guys are some like powerful group. <laughs> yeah. I was just like yeah. sharing that clip being like, and it, it's ridiculous. It's so embarrassing. But, well, it's uh, been a gel. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a great run to cover, man. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you had it in Calgary before the Bombers right. became it's the class of the CFL. I mean, it's, it's, it's great because you can, you know, I always thought, okay, you want to cover a losing team or a winning team. You don't want to cover a team that hovers around 500 because you just don't know where you're going with your with the narrative, right? Everything changes every week. But you know, to see the Bombers and 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 you know have the kind of success they have, you're able to talk more critically about them too. You know, not that you wouldn't do it, not that you wouldn't do it while they were losing. You did it yeah. way more while they were losing. It was just on harder feelings, right? And now it's like, okay, you you're you're, you're playing well. Well, what what's the deal with this? Or where did this go wrong? Whereas in when the team is isn't doing well the idea of zeroing in on something that isn't going well is like night and day when the team's doing well last year i mean i've said this like kamar jordan was was had a tough season last year had some big drops specifically against the bombers that obviously like arguably cost the stamps those games and it's so uncomfortable to just be like put it on one guy when the team but like oh player had a couple drops when the team has won the last five 
way right. easier to do that, right? So yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, again, like the other thing with the bombers, and I, I mean again, I honestly do I want, and because I'm not traveling, who knows if I'd get to cover it, but like I don't feel like we have gotten the like big Calgary Winnipeg playoff game that like we all deserve. Like I we know that like the head coaches don't seem to be like particularly fond of one another. Like it was the stamps were the best team of one era immediately followed by the bombers. Um, right. like I, I do. And that may be that I'm a Calgary reporter and you're a Winnipeg reporter. And I'm sure everyone in Saskatchewan is like, you guys are idiots. Like that's not, but it's the game that I want in the playoffs at some point. Well, we got it a little bit in 2019, but I think you'd make the argument that that's kind of when Calgary started turning away from their dominance. Right. I mean, and, and, and even in that game, you that know, game was the end. That, that game had to be the end because how many times you – know, I can't – well, I can certainly count them. It's like it's too many, but there certainly was several in a row where going to McMahon Stadium was – you knew it was going to happen. You know, the Bombers might put up a fight. You know, they might, you know, be be close by halftime, but by the final whistle, they certainly weren't on the winning winning side. And to see them dominate the way they did in 2019, you know. And they Zach Kolaris, Zach Kolaris, right? Like, I mean, that, that was where, that was his start. So, I mean, uh, you don't have Zach Kolaris. I don't think you're winning that one either, but that was certainly, I think the start of, again, like, I mean, what, what did Calgary finish with last year? 12 and six. Yeah, I think so. So it's not like they're, it's not like they're a bad outfit or, or, or they, uh, they aren't, you know, like, like they somehow dropped off a cliff. They just, all three losses to Winnipeg were by a touchdown or less, right? Exactly. Right. I want to ask you this, Danny, though, because my big thing in this, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago in my, my CFL rundown column. The stability at quarterback in the league this year might just be the certainly the worst I've since I've covered, but it might be for a while. And 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 while there are a few, and I like a few fresh faces for sure. But if you look at the West and you look at the East too, outside of outside of Zach Kolaris, does anyone feel really good about their quarterback? Now I know that the, the argument is Jake is Jake Mayer, right? Like oh, I don't know. I, I think Jake has a lot to prove. So that's what, that's what I was going to ask you. Like what, like what, like obviously we've seen flashes of brilliance from him, right? We've seen yeah. him, we've seen him certainly show that he can be a starter and a good number one quarterback in this league. But when you end, the, you know, and when you end the season not being the guy behind center, and and then, and, and, and so that's what I'm just came in and did, and Bo was better, and Bo was better. So like I'm wondering what you think, what you think you're going to see from him this year, and how you think Bowley by Mitchell. While I'm sure they were close buddies or friends or whatever, good teammates, how you think Bowley by Mitchell not being in Calgary is going to help him? Well, first oh, of all, it's him a full training camp as the starting quarterback. Now, Bo, if we're being like nitpicky, like Bo didn't take a ton of reps ever in training camps, like sort of past 2017. Like they were always careful with his shoulder um, and just generally like with the backups. But I think that helps. I also, I will say quickly, like I think Jake is better than he was in that playoff game. Um, like that game was really weird against the Lions. Dickinson made two really weird calls on like third and short. Okay. Right. That, just yeah. didn't, that just didn't work out. Um but Jake was bad in the second second half. There's no question. I also just honestly think that like the Lions big brother them a little bit, which is odd to say, but they just couldn't figure it out defensively and offensively. They screwed up. Now I think Jake coming down the stretch was largely, like I'd say he was a top four or five quarterback. If the stamps really want to push Winnipeg this year, they need him to be a top three quarterback in the Indeed. CFL. Um, and he's got to prove that. Um, but they, they've now gotten a longer look at him. I mean, I'm making the argument, right? Like, I don't necessarily know that I believe all of this, but, like, they've gotten a better look at him. 
they, they can build the system around his strengths a little bit without sort of changing the playbook from Bo, who is more of a gunslinger, to Jake, who's a little bit more of a game manager. Um, but look, it's my biggest question. It is, like, it's by far my biggest question for this team. Like, you said it, quarterback's the most important job. I look around the West, and like, the reason, part of it, why I have the stamps at number two in the West, um, and possibly in the league, but probably in the West for now, is like, I don't trust the Lions, as you said. Edmonton, you know, they might have a young quarterback in there. I think they're going to be better, but like neither Cornelius nor Trey Ford like really has the reps and hasn't shown me anything. Saskatchewan just didn't improve their offensive line. Like, <laughs> well, they added a couple of guys, but like, but there, but there's a lot of moving pieces there. You know what I mean? Including Trevor Harris. Like Trevor Harris is a good quarterback. He's not a great CFL quarterback. And he, and, and I think, you know, bringing in his consistent, you need, you needed to know as the, as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year under a new, under a new offensive coordinator, you know, under, under a, a, the remain, you know, a coaching staff that, pretty much has half a season to figure it out. Like if they're not, if they're not in a playoff picture by, by Labor Day, they might not be, be on the sidelines by Labor Day. And so you needed to know what you were getting. So I, I, I applauded, you know, signing, you know, Trevor Harris. And it took, it took a breakup in Montreal at an ownership fiasco for him to actually even arrive there. Um, but it's just too many moving pieces. And as consistent as, you know, as, as much as you, you know what you're going to get with Trevor Harris, like, I just still I'm not buying that he's the savior of a team that lost a lot of players, added some good pieces too, but needed a complete overhaul from culture to all areas of the of the team, and that's a lot to ask uh, as far as a turnover in one game or one year. Sorry. Yeah, I feel like Trevor Harris has been the fifth best quarterback in the league, regardless of who else is in the league for six years now, basically. Like I, and he will. He's not going to be the problem. I just don't think he's going to elevate you to the point where you're like a, a genuine great cup contender. And like you go east, like do I have any idea what's going on in Ottawa? Like obviously Mazzoli will be the starter, but like I have no sense of how good or bad that team is going to be. I don't think. That well, how good. wild is the east when you come into quarterbacks? I mean, Toronto is going with Chad Kelly. Like I'm sorry, man, but that is like that's a like I get it. You might you might. I don't. Even, I was gonna say sell tickets. I don't even think that's true. Like he, he he's a he's a good name. Like he's a good you know maybe Barstool will do more. Hard. Maybe Barstool Sports will do more stories about the Toronto Argonauts this season. But like other outside of that, I mean, you're this is an unproven guy who had you know a couple good plays in the Grey Cup, helped his team win, no doubt about that. A lot of respect for that. But only a, only has a handful of of. of live snaps in the regular season 100 it's why i can't put them like i would like to out of respect be like you won the gray cup you are number two in my like power rankings and it's like mm -hmm. i can't like i can't I, no man no no like i don't even i actually have hamilton ahead of toronto and hamilton i thought had the had arguably the best off season as far as loading up on players and, and whatnot but i'm still the the, the caveat in all of it is Man, I thought Bo Levi Mitchell was going to be in a TSN studio this season, not signing a three-year deal and and shifting the narrative to like being the hottest free agent. Nothing against Bo. Like guys had a tremendous season, and I hope he I hope he performs in a way that makes me sound like a complete idiot right now. But when you look at the last few years, particularly his penchant for injuries, he gets injured, man. And Hamilton's what is Hamilton? Yeah. Now I respect them rolling the dice a little bit because I don't think the Dane Evans thing was 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 working out, um, no. and I think that they needed a change there. But I mean, I'm fully with you. Like, 
Bo did get sat midseason last year. Like he was replaced by Jake Mayer, like a guy who had three CFL starts to his name. Now, Bo also came in at the end of the West semifinal and just was hucking the ball and looked amazing. But like he's not the first player to come in in garbage time and look great. Um, I think all of us, look, he's a Calgary guy. He's a legend here. He's going to have his number retired. Uh, exactly. If he ever wants a coaching job and somehow a coaching job can pay as much as a TSN panelist job, I'm sure he will will take it here. Um, you're 100% right. Like the idea that Bo, it's been, I don't know that I was, I always would say he wasn't as hurt as people realize, but I never said he, his numbers dropped. His performances declined. You can check my email. I have a million emails from Stan Peters fans yelling about how Bo Levi Mitchell shouldn't be the starting quarterback anymore. Um, so the idea that he automatically makes Hamilton a contender, my thing is that like the Calgary guy who I do think was a great signing is Jameer Thurman. And suddenly like they're defensively going to be absolutely nasty. And and you're competing with the Toronto team that again, Chad Kelly is the quarterback, a Montreal team that Cody Fajardo is the quarterback. He's only in his fourth year as a starter. Um, Wild. Do you remember what he said? I'm only in my second year as a starter. Yeah, is like he that was his that was his trademark trademark comment. You know, it's just my second year as a starter. So it's like, but wasn't his first year as a starter? Didn't he end up winning the like being nominated for the West MOP or was that? I I mean, but that was but that goes to show that year, man, where he got nominated for the West MOP, lost to Brandon Banks on Hamilton that season. Um, everyone got injured. All quarterbacks got injured. Like there was, there was no one that was healthy. Like it was one of those, it was the weird year where like seven starters were down for like four plus games or whatever in the year. Well, that was the year that Armuckle would have replaced Bo um, mm-hmm. for an extended period. That was the year yeah, that Nichols got hurt. Yeah. Zach eventually mm-hmm. got traded to Winnipeg, but was not like we thought he was. Oh, out of the league for didn't even play game. until the final regular season game against yeah, Calgary. God, love the CFL. Um, yeah. That would have been that year. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. No, I, I think you're 100% right. And I also think that we aren't supposed to necess- – not we're not supposed to. It hasn't been talked about, but, like, John Huffnagel, I went to this fan forum before the season started, and he openly said that, like, the XFL was affecting who they could get out here. And, like, I do think the developing your quarterback is going to be something over the next five to six years that CFL fans need to pay attention to because there's not just going to be these sort of, like, second-tier non-NFL guys who – come up here because they have an option in the states where you're putting four down smaller field tape out there for the nfl teams to see well and like you know kind of just to piggyback off my comment earlier like a lot of these guys don't even have passports so they want to stay in the states right they want to stay in the league i get it's a tough even with evidence and there's plenty of it right i mean guys going from the cfl and getting nfl opportunities or, or going on and having great nfl careers it, it, it certainly is not unique um to the cfl in the CFL. But if you look at, if you look at some of the announcements, like whether it's the USFL, the XFL, and when they start and they have already started sending guys to the NFL, that is going to be, I think the harder sell is to, to come up to a different country in a game where you need to learn different rules. Um, particularly if you're on offense and as a receiver, you know, obviously uh, the waggle and all those things, a lot of guys just can't seem to grasp it. A lot of guys can Dalton Schoen probably might be one of the, arguably the one of the best ever to, 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 uh, to grasp the to grasp the uh, the waggle and then lead the league in, in re- receiving yards and touchdowns but it, it is a it is a big ask and so all those things I mean it's hard to quantify right because there's so much American talent there is they're just it's just yeah. the fact of the matter there absolutely is so many players out there and if you look at some of the you know if you look at a lot of the players that 
in particularly in quarterback, if you look at a lot of the teams around the CFL and where guys came from, like they're not all coming from Alabama or LSU, right? Like they're, they're coming. Yeah. majority are right and so so as much as i do i certainly agree that that these you know any added football league particularly in the u.s of course is going to water down the talent um for canada but i just at the, for me personally i mean i just don't i just don't see it as big of a you know as big of an emergency or or you know anywhere near hitting the panic button uh i, I do think the coaching, obviously, the coaches and the GMs around the CFL have a way better idea of those conversations with players and trying to get guys down. And I'm sure they they're met with uh, you know met with those obstacles of other leagues. I just I think you know at the end of the day, there's only so many jobs out there, and 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 significantly more uh, supply than demand. Yeah, it's only really to be honest, quarterback a little bit. But you're all right that like how many guys come from the Mountain West Conference. You know, like oh, it's yeah. uh, a little bit offensive line. Like, I don't think there are enough good offensive linemen for the NFL, let alone good point. three, three leagues blow it. But at the same time, it's why guys like Stanley Bryan and Derek Dennis are playing into their mid to late thirties um, because there are jobs available for them. Um, how good is, who are the, the bombers American receivers? I do want to like, just ask this. Cause like they were so good last year mm-hmm. and added what the second highest so so Dalton shown is is you know he led the league last year in in receiving yards and touchdowns Kenny Lawler is now on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers after a a year away in Edmonton and of course he led the league in receiving with the Bombers in 2021 uh you have Rashid Bailey as the third American and he came back at a massive haircut after they signed Kenny Lawler there was just no money left for him he signed for something like 80 or 90k you know, took took about a forty thousand dollar pay cut, um, and probably from his previous year, and probably more because he got opportunities, uh, he got offers from other teams. He wanted to come back. Well, he's in competition, I'd argue, with Carlton Agadosi, and Carlton Agadosi, as you as you 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 know, and as, as Calgary fans know, probably only Winnipeg fans and Calgary fans know because the only game he played last season was in was was I don't know if it was home or away. I think it was home. It was home. It was in Winnipeg. It's 26-19 win, six catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. Talk about it. Like literally, like Trey Roberson had him covered perfectly, and it didn't matter. He would just like reach up. He was so tall. And I just tall, remember like, talking to you probably just on the phone like a month later, and you being like, you realize he only played one game, right? Like, like that was just – He got hurt the next week yeah. in Edmonton, suffered an ankle injury early into the game, and never played the rest of the season. So yeah. – you know, he he's a guy that the Bombers are certainly high on. He looks bigger, stronger this year. Uh, he's the other American that will be fighting for a job. And then, of course, the Canadians, Nick Dembski, who had a career best, 10 touchdowns last year. He still can't quite get to that 1,000-yard receiving. I think he had a career high 722 yards last year. And then Drew Woltarski, who, you know, for, for his money, I mean, he's a guy that comes in and does all the thankless jobs, right? He's the guy that creates a lot of space for players. He's the, he's usually one of the guys that's upfield making the big blocks. He's, he's the decoy, if you will, and then still manages to, you know, reel in a hand, you know, a handful of passes. So, you know, as far as receivers go, the Bombers, you know, I think you can make an argument in, in, in other markets. Certainly, you know, I think of Ham, I think of Edmonton for sure. Uh, you know, other teams, Hamilton's got a good, you know, Calgary's decent, like, but I, you know, they're certainly up there, if not, you know, one of the best groups for sure. I'm going to wrap up here, but I'm going to ask you, are you the great this, this great league that we both cover and love? Are you the final traveling print CFL reporter? 
that seems that appears to be the the situation this year. So, um, you know, I'm not sure I should be talking about it. But. My colleague, yeah, my colleague Taylor Allen will also be doing a couple games. Um, so yeah, the Winnipeg Free Press is is the is the lone is the lone traveling media, which is which is you know it's 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 kind of a double edged sword. It's nice to obviously be on scene and, and continue to cover games on the road, um, but man, it sucks uh, to not have you know not not to have you know colleagues like yourself come in you know every week for home games in, in winnipeg and um you know my colleague at the winnipeg sun ted wyman I mean, we, we have a blast every you know every weekend um you know covering the team together so it'll be disappointing but i'm still i'm still holding out hope man that you know wake up one morning and everything's back to normal me too uh, <laughs> either way man I'm, I'm happy you're on the road at least and i have no idea when the bombers come but we'll grab drinks when you do um, twice Twice in Calgary. Really sick. Okay. Yeah. Summer or fall? You know? uh, one in summer, one in fall. I forget the exact dates, but it's like week seven or eight or nine, I think. Awesome. So it's before Labor Day. That's good, too, because honestly, the Bombers do draw here in Calgary. So if, if they both get off to a start, that should be a fun game to be up. It'll be good to have you here. And I'm, I'm bummed. Honestly, those Winnipeg trips are among my favorites. Um, go to Ted's Backyard. Out of your place, Melissa. I, I, I just think, Daddy, Daddy, you, you, you never. You, there wasn't a CFL city you didn't love, man. The, the, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I'm like I said, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be uh, hoping, I'm holding out hope that uh, you'll be back on your grind. Appreciate that, buddy, and I appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you so much. This was awesome, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, fans enjoy some like specific CFL talk because it's been fucking. It's been fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Nothing matter. But hey, man, honestly, really appreciate you having me on. And any opportunity to talk about the CFL, I'll jump all over it. So, uh, yeah, man, good to see you. Great to uh, great to talk the three down game. And let's see what happens, man. We, we can all make predictions as much as we want, but you got to play the games, and that's what makes this uh, this league so uh, so special and fun to cover. Hundred percent. None of us saw Nathan work coming. So, um, cheers, buddy. Have a good one. Um, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Okay, I don't know how we cut you off video-wise here, but there you go. All right, guys, I think that's it. So um, we are here. I think I should probably do an ad read that I've forgotten to do the entire show, um, which is just – no, I'm learning here, guys. I'm trying to be better. Uh, this is great podcasting. Here we go. Um, live in the Little Noodle Studio, lo local, love, delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the random amount of weird. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest and in Airdrie at 105 Main Street North. That is it for me. I am Danny Austin. Thank you for listening to the Just a Game podcast with Rob Kerr. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend.